Okay, good evening. Um, this week is Parashas Ekev. This week is Parashas Ekev. And uh, we're going to study from a Sefer, Torah Shmuel. And this is a discourse, a beautiful discourse. Um, okay, so the parasha says how Hashem is telling the Jewish people how he fed them the man. In the Midbar, he gave them the man. So it says, And I inflicted you. And he inflicted you. And he starved you. And he gave you to eat the man. Very strange. What does it mean he inflicted us and he starved us? He gave us the man. It doesn't say that he inflicted and he starved and then he gave you the man. He gave you the man, that was the starvation. And that was the infliction. So the Gemara says on this that uh, they were never full with the man. They ate and they were always like, you know when you eat and then afterwards you're looking in the refrigerator still for something? That's what it was. Whenever they were doing, they always were still looking. So the, um, that's the idea of a yamcha. He, he inflicted you. So he's going to explain the deeper significance of this. Why is the man called an infliction? The eating of the man. Let's read. In the Yaman the sages tell us, There is no Mashiach days to the Yidden, only 40 years. It means that Yemoisa Mashiach, the Gemara says in Masech the Sanhedrin, that Yemoisa Mashiach is going to be for 40 years. Afterwards could be Tchias HaMesim or other things. But uh, the time called the days of Mashiach is a 40-year period. Why? How do we know that? So the Gemara learns it out. Shanamar, it says in the Pasuk, Samcheinu ki yemois in Nisan. Bring us joy, delight us, and re- make us rejoice like the days that you have inflicted us. Now for how many years? What does it mean? You should make us rejoice like the days you inflicted us. So we have to find the time that Hashem had inflicted us, caused pain, brought infliction. So if we look at the Jewish history, there's enough infliction. But when do we find in the Torah there should be some specific mention that that was a time of infliction? Well, the time period that the Jews ate the man is called the infliction. I can say in Yiddish, guy vase. <laughs> Go no. Like that should have been the happiest time. That's called the time of infliction. And ate the man in the midbar 40 years. It says, By the man that says, and he inflicted. And, and uh, corresponding to these 40 years, make us, bring us joy in the days of Mashiach, 40 years. So just like the eating of the man was 40 years, and that was a time of infliction, so we are asking Hashem, Samchenu, delight us, bring us simcha, which is the opposite of infliction, like the days that you have inflicted us. So the Gemara learns out from here that the days of Mashiach are going to be a 40-year 40 40 period. In the Yidu Kushia, so the question is no. Why is the food of the eating of the, 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 the food of the man uh, called infliction? And he inflicted you. The man was the gishmaks, the food in the world. 
The man had every taste of the world. All the delights of the world you can taste in the man. Like it says, as it says, the taste of the man was like wafers and honey. How does that prove that it had every taste in the world? Ah, so, he's bringing, I guess, another proof that it had a good taste. It seems, I think Rashi says, if you didn't have a specific thought in your mind of what you wanted it to taste, its natural taste was like wafers and honey, like a honey cracker, a honey wafer. If they had, but, but, and then they can imagine any, any kind of a taste, and it had that taste, whichever taste it was. So then the man is a very delightful food. So why is it called the time that you ate your man? That's called the time of affliction. Ah, however, he neighbor monksiv to understand this. So the man it says laman anaseno that Hashem is going to give us man laman anaseno so that I will test him. Hayelech b'tayrosi will he go in my Torah im lav if not? In Pashat b'shalach it says Hashem says I will give you I am uh, I'm going to give you man and why am I giving the Jewish people the man laman anaseno so I can test them if they will go in my Torah or not. So the question is. Tzadach love, we need to understand. Mahu ashaiches l'mon. What is the connection to mon im kiyom with the fulfillment of the Torah? Why, by Hashem giving us the mon, He will test us if we will walk in this Torah or not? What does it want to do with the other? Rashi says, simple meaning is, because the mon had some mitzvahs. And you weren't allowed to go out collect on Shabbos, you weren't to leave over for the next night. And the various different mitzvahs that were given by the mon. So Hashem is going to test if we know how to listen. But that's not, those mitzvahs that were given are generally not the mitzvahs of the Torah because they're not eternal mitzvahs. They were mitzvahs, they were commandments relating to the man. So it's not really hayelech b'tarasi if they're going to go in my Torah, if they're not going to go in my Torah. Because the man has no connection to the regular Torah. The man is connected to, the, the mitzvahs of the man were only a commandment in regards to the man. Here it seems that the man has a connection to the overall general, the general performance of Torah and mitzvahs is connected to the man. We need to understand. Also we need to understand what does it mean? Will he go in my Torah? should say Will he fulfill the Torah? Will he observe my mitzvahs? This Lashon Like he will go. You don't go in the Torah. You, you, you perform. You study Torah, and you perform the mitzvahs. And you're going in it. What does it mean, the going? So there is some connection, there must be some connection between the eating in the man and a specific aspect of Torah. That there should be an union of going in the Torah, a walking and going, a journeying in the Torah. They will journey in my Torah. So to understand this, he prefaces like this. He makes it, the behold it says like this. When he came riding on his horses, or when you came riding on your horse. In Mark of Isaac, Yeshua, your chariots of salvation. It's a Pasuk in Yeshaya, where it's talking, Chavakuk, Pasuk in Chavakuk, talking about Hashem coming to ride on his horses with his chariots of salvation. So the Gemara says that when is this referring to what uh, it says? It doesn't say from where it says, but it says that Hashem came riding on the horses. When is this? The Koy, and this is referring to Al Matan Torah. Matan Torah was the time when Hashem came galloping on the horses. And he came on the chariot with a wagon. He came here, came down to the world, just like a horse 
and a horse and buggy take a person somewhere. So too, where did Hashem come? He came to give the Torah to the world. Where did he? And so we call that event as him coming on horses. Can you do as it is known? Now, what is the connection? How is Hashem coming by to give the Torah to the world? In what way is that similar and connected to coming on a horse? You do it as is known. The Oisius Atayra Nikra B'Shem Susim. That the letters of the Torah are called horses. The very Aleph phase, the letters the Torah is made out of, those are the horses. And Hashem is riding on the horses, meaning He is the transmission of the Torah to the world. The bringing of the Torah to the world is, is, is considered the horses, the, the, the coming of the horses. Because the letters, see when a horse, the, 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 uh, the, 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 horse, the horses are coming, they weren't just coming alone. The horses were carrying. Hashem was riding on the horses. You were riding on them. Same as the Torah. Torah is not, the significance of the Torah is not the Torah itself. The significance in the Torah is the godliness, Hashem, that comes, that, that rides on the Torah. He mounts, he's, he's, he imbues himself into the Torah. And through the letters of the Torah, we're connecting to God. So God is riding, he's coming down to us, into our world, into our space, down here below, through the letters of the Torah. So he's riding on those horses. Now, gen- letters in general are called horses. Why? Because what is a horse? A horse is a vehicle through which things are transported. Right? They used to have the whole uh, post, uh, postal uh, system. It was, it was all by horse, by couriers. It was a courier system where they would carry letters from place to place. And the horses would gallop and travel from place to place, carrying, carrying people, carrying, uh, carrying the letters, so forth. So too, and that's what speech is. That's what letters are. Because letters communicate, they bring, what is words? When a person has a feeling, or he has a concept and an idea, and he wants to send that concept to someone else, and he wants to send that feeling, he wants to convey a certain feeling, a feeling of love, a feeling of kindness, whatever kind of feeling, that he wants to transmit to someone else. How is that going to be transmitted? He has to talk, communications, to put it into words. And the words serve as the vehicle through which you take the idea, put it into the words, and then, then deliver it. So that's why, the, that's why the words are called the horses. Because they're the ones carrying the ideas. They're carrying the concepts. They're carrying. Now, when God, same as with Hashem, when Hashem came riding down to the world, right, riding on the horses of the type. Now, but he's going to explain. There's another aspect to why it's called the horses. We're going to see in a minute. They call Matan Tayriki, Yedua, that is known, the Oisiyas Atayra, Nikshab Hashem Susa. The letters of the Torah are called Sus. I've just explained it earlier that it's called a Sus because Hashem came riding on it. Over here, he's going to mention that later too. But now he's going to emphasize something else. The reason why they're called horses is because these are horses that Hashem sends to us that we can jump onto these horses and we can go for a ride. The Sus, just like a horse. has the ability to carry, to raise a person, to bring him up to a very high place, and uh, a person goes on a horse to places where he couldn't have gone on his own. There's a very high peak, and he couldn't have reached that peak. And the horse is what carries him up. So the same is also the letters of the Torah. They raise the soul of man. When a person studies Torah, he's jumping onto the letters, and, 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 and gallop after he studies it. While he's studying it, these words are carrying his neshama to unimaginable heights. He doesn't even realize to what incredible peaks 
of holiness he is reaching while he is studying. He might be studying a simple part of the Torah dealing with intricate laws of Shabbos or the laws of Kashros and when the meat is kosher with the milk and so forth and the laws of plantings and the laws of, of, of marriage. And I mean, so many various different elements of the Torah dealing with such mundane things. And he doesn't realize that at that moment he's touching the essence of God. He's connecting to such unbelievable things. Why those words have picked this neshama up out of the hemisphere, out of this world, carried him out, outside, completely outside of the universe, into the heavenly spheres, higher and beyond the spiritual world, all the way up to the godly. And that's why it's called the horse. Now for behold. So now that we know that, the, that, 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 that letters in general are called horses, and they're meant to carry the person to a very high place, but see soon they're also meant to bring godliness down to the world. In both directions, lifting the person out to the, to the spiritual heights and bringing that which is beyond down below. Now, for behold, within the world of letters, now that we know the letters are horses, which are carriers, within the world of letters themselves, there's different kind of letters. There's three types of letters. There are small letters, and then there are medium letters. And there are large letters. What does that mean? That means that we find in the Torah, we find three kinds of letters. There's the regular size letters that all the Torah is written. But from time to time, when we learn the Chumash, suddenly we find a one letter that stands out. Either it's a bigger letter or it's a smaller letter. The base of Veracious, Veracious Baral Kim in the Torah is a big letter. The Chumash shows a big letter. Also, the uh, the yud from the word yigdal no Hashem. The yud, the big yud, dalit from echod, the big dalit. Then there are some, then there are small letters, the aleph from vayikra. It's a klinchikal letter, small letter. So we need to understand what is the significance between these letters. See, all letters are meant to carry something, to transmit something. Obviously, if we have small letters and bigger letters and bigger letters, this would mean that. The small letters means a small transmission, a contracted, smaller transmission. That Hashem is transmitting something small. A larger letter means that if the letter is larger, it means a bigger vessel, more vessel, more light, more energy. So that it means a higher transmission. And then the real super letters, the mega letters, over here this is bringing who knows what. Now the general Torah, most of the Torah was written with which form of letters? The medium letters. Hemaz v'beinenem are the medium letters. Yashkam came b'toyra Now the Torah also has small letters. K'moi alev z'ira d'vayikra. Like the tiny little alev. From vayikra, the little alev. Or hey z'ira, the small hey of the b'yi bara. Of the word, when it says um Man and woman, I think it says over there, Bihibaram when Hashem created them. So the letter He of the word Bihibaram is a small He. Now, now, so why is, what is, see, so he, again, he's not going to explain over here the content of the large letters. He's going to focus on the two letters, small letters and bigger letters. So generally, small letters are not Torah letters. The small letters are creation letters. When Hashem created the world, Hashem spoke. He also spoke. There was also a transmission, a godly transmission. Every godly transmission 
needs a horse. Because every transport, every, trans, every time you're sending some, something, right, you have to send it on the horse, on the courier. But these are small, these are like uh, ponies. Yankee Doodle came into town riding on a pony. So these are the, the small horses. The smallest means small letters. When Hashem created the world, He spoke letters, those letters are small letters. And this is indicated in Mat, the one letter in the Torah, not the one, but the, from the few, very few letters in the Torah that are small, is the letter of the Bihibaram. The letter of Hibaram, which means when He created them. But Chazal say, now when the word in the Torah says Behi Baram, the sages learn out that Hashem created the world with a hey. Behei Baram. With a hey, he created them. Which hey? The small hey. What is that indicating? That the now even though Hashem spoke ten utterances, Hashem spoke ten utterances to create the world. And there's a bunch of words in the ten utterances. Hundreds of letters. In the Sarim Amaris, if you go through the whole Parshas Bereshis, there's a lot of letters. Nevertheless, it says that Hashem didn't Hashem created really only with one hey. So the explanation is given that that hey is the root of all letters. Today's Tanya. That the root and the source of all letters is, a, is, is one hey, is a breath. And then later that breath gets divided and subdivided into uh, gets divided and broken into the many, 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 many letters. So, but it begins really with one breath. It was one breath and then that breath gets, gets uh, crumbed down into the details. But that one breath contains the life force of, of all of creation, of all worlds. What kind of letter is that? That one hey, which is the superpower of all of creation, of our, of our entire universe, with all the galaxies, with the billions of stars, and everything that's there, plus the angels, and all the upper and higher worlds. What kind of letter is it? It's a small hey. It's a small transmission. That's it. That's contained. It's only one letter, one hand. The Torah has like thousands of letters. And they're big letters, not small. There was a small letter. With a small letter, he went. And which hay is this? Where do we find such a concept clearly that the hay comes in a small form? Which hay is this? Which hay is the hay that is small? So we know in the Yudke Vavke, there's two Hays. There's the first Hay and the latter Hay. The first Hay, the Hay of the, the first, the, after following the Yud, that's a big Hay. The second Hay is called the small. Now, even though when we look at it, in the side order, they're both the same size. But it says when these two Hays are hinted to in the two wives of Yaakov. Yaakov had two wives, Rachel and Leah. So Leah was the Gedola, Shem HaGedola. The name of the older one was Leah. And the Arizal says, shame, I think from the Arizal, shame, hey, gedola. The name of the big Hagedola can also be broken into two. Hey, gedola. Hey, the big hey. So the big hey is Leah, that's Bina. And shame, haketana, the small hey, hey, ketana, that's Malchus. And that's Rachel. We know that Rachel is the Shechina, Rachel is Malchus. So the hey, that's the small hey. That's the hey, which, and we know Malchus. The Shekhinah is the source of creation. Malchus Peh. Malchus is the mouth where Hashem verbalizes and articulates the creation. So we spoke on Tuesday night that all of creation is a derivative from Malchus. From Ein Melech Beloyam. Hashem needs to create a world. So He's creating it with His speech. With the realm of... And the, all speech originates in a hay, And that's a small hay. 
Small letter. Sometimes it is explained that the letters of thought are considered. When we talk about big letters, those are the letters of thought. And the letters of speech, we know, and if we look at a human being, we find that there's much more energy in thought than there is in speech. When a person is thinking something, the, there, there, is, there, is, there is the light, the radiance of the concept of the idea is so brilliant. You can never take the depth and the shine that you have in your own thoughts and put it into the words that you're saying. Automatically, when you're putting it into words, into, into words of speech, already it's weaker. It's not as potent. It's not as powerful. That's why the letters of speech are called small letters. Letters of thought are called letters. It doesn't say that mention over here, but that's, I think, explanation that's given sometimes. That the, high, the higher hey is the letter of machshav, abina, and the lower is the letter of malchus. Malchus is small, small speech. And that's the behei bottom, the ba'oisna. Now, getting even more specific. Getting two lines before the end of the of the of the, of the page of Tavav, first page, the ba'ois hey, because in the letter hey, now get a little more specific. This that the hey is the source of creation. That one hey, besides of a hey being breath, it's also in the in the image of the hey, of what the hey looks like. The hey has three lines: a, a, a roof, and then a, a right wall, and then a left leg, a left wall that isn't connected. It's an unfinished wall. That's the hey. What does that indicate? That indicates the three dimensions of creation. Since Hashem created this, so the hay has both. It has the energy of creation. The energy is the breath. And then the, 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 the uh, space of the hay and the image of it, which is the three, the three lines that indicate what that breath materialized into. Hashem's breath that created the world created three dimensions of creation. It created the upper roof of the creation, which is called Olam Abriya, the world of creation, the world of the Nishamis of souls. Very, very mystical, deep, unbelievable high world. Beneath that comes the next Olam Ayetzirah, that's the right wall. And those two are connected because they're both spiritual. So the roof, the Olam Abriya and Olam Ayetzirah are, are, are connected. And then Olam Asiya, this world, is hanging because it's disconnected. Because physical matter is disconnected from the spiritual world in the sense that we don't feel any godliness here. So there's a certain interruption, disconnect. So it also says in the Pasuk, Barasiv Yitzartiv, Afasisiv. Hashem says, Lachvaydi for my honor. Barasiv, I created them. Yitzartiv, I formed them. Afasisiv, I also made them. He adds the word af, af is an interruption. So there is that little space that's there. But Akopanam, what do you see from here? That the hay contains, indicates all of creation. And that, oh, notwithstanding the enormity of this, because the creation is endless. It just goes on. And just the physical creation, just from a scientific perspective, is endless. Nevertheless, and take a look, including in this, the, the worlds beyond the upper, the spiritual worlds are endlessly, endlessly beyond what our world is. Nevertheless, the sum total of it all is one letter of God. What kind of letter? Small letter. It's, it's not even the regular letters of the Torah. It's a small letter. It's the tiny letter. The Behei Baro. And Gimel Kavan, Tumunaz Gimel So the Ba'oisei and Gimel Kavan, the other three lines, Tumunaz Gimel Oilamais, which is the form of the three worlds. Berasiv Yitzartiv Afasis. I created it, I formed it, I also made it. Vuklulusam and the general amhezira, they're the small hay. Now, where do we find that the creation is connected to a small letter? That the world is considered small? 
See, again, why is the letter small? The, the letter that creates the world is a small letter. And that is because the creation is considered very small. Because creation is an insignificant thing. That's why to create it, Hashem had to contract his energy, not expand and exercise his might. Quite in the country, he had to restrain. Creation was an act of restraint, not an act of expression, of expansion. Hashem had to restrain and pull back and only give, transmit a tiny little bit. So it says, it says, Nar Hayisi Gamzakanti. It says, I was a youngster and I've also become old. I've never seen a Tadi. So it says like this Who says this Pasuk? Who says, I was young and now I'm old? Say, so, oh, a lot of people say that. I'm old. No, you know who said this? The, the, it says, the Sore Shal Oilam. The Gemara says that this Pasuk is referring to the minister of the world, the Malach, who is in. Who is, in, 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 who is the ministering force of the world. He's called Malach Metatron. So Malach Metatron said, I was once young, but now I'm getting old. Basically because creation is subject to time. And time equals aging. With time comes aging. So the, it impacts all levels of creation. Even the, even the Malach, which is the super channel of life into the world, that Malach is also for Elta Tgevod. He says, no. But the reason not, but that's, that's a simple meaning. I'm old, and now I was young, and now I'm old. Deeper meaning here. That he's called young, nar. Nar means a youngster. Because all of creation is, 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 is immature, small, childish. So the malach of the world says, nar, I'm young, I'm small. I'm like a baby. I'm a, I'm a youngster. Nar is gamza kanti, but what does it mean he aged? Aging, the zikanti, the, the elder, Zakin, it means an adult. The creation has no, is not, is not, is considered small. That's why it's considered like a child. Not considered mature and, and big. Only the godly realms is considered old, meaning uh, 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 in an adult state, in a, as, a, as a large thing, not small. Only, only Hashem. Huh? So it says that, I mean, there's, a, there's a little mimer following this one the same mimer but a little in a different version and that's where I'm taking a lot of the things that I'm uh, saying so he says over there that the Gamza Kanti is referring to Shabbos in the weekday the creation is what is stuck in its limitations and its boundaries so then the, then the minister is also now nah, he's young on Shabbos he enters into Atzilus the, mach, the world of Bri, Yetzir, and Asiya, the three worlds rise, because Shabbos, we know there's Aliyah, the worlds rise. Which means that the Malach, the energy of the world, connects to the super energy that's higher than the world. So that's what it means. I'm now on Shabbos, there is a maturity. But what do you see from here? That the general Klaus Oilam is called Nar, young. Again. So, Nar, you see, we're going on to page Tanzai. Second, second um, page on the, it's the Sulu's first page, but Sorry, Shalom, the minister of the world. Amru, he said it. And what is this Nar? Upchinas Katos. Nar is considered is, is small. Why is that? In order that there should be worlds and creations that are limited. Say so why? So the question is why? Why does Hashem have to? Why? Why is the life force of the world considered so small and tiny? Says because that's what the worlds are. Because in order there should be worlds and creations, that have limits. What's the limitation of the world? 
The world is enormous. Nevertheless, it has an end. It sounds like this. The Gemara goes through Masechtas Chagiga, a whole, um, a whole uh, measuring of the size of the world. Now, of course, it doesn't mean measuring in space. Gemara says like this: that from here to the heaven, to the first heaven, to the first uh, rakia, is five hundred years. What does that mean? Simply, it means it takes five hundred years to get there. But it doesn't mean that. It has a deeper meaning. It's five hundred levels. Whatever. Good. Then it says the thickness of the heaven. It itself, the heaven itself, is 500 years. Then the space between the first heaven and the second heaven, another 500 years. Second heaven, the space of it itself, its thickness, 500 years. And you go higher, right? each one between the seven heavens, each one 500, and the space between them is 500. Okay. So we have seven times two, 14. 14 times five, 100. Then it says above there, above 16. Oh, 60, yeah, whatever. So then, above that, begins the, the, the chayos, HaKodesh, the, uh, the, uh, the, um, the beasts, the supernal beasts. So it says that from their, from, uh, from their uh, heel to their ankle, Karsoleim, I think either it says it's 500 years, or the Gemara says, I think is equivalent to all this from here to the seventh heaven, is the thickness of these chayos, they're, they're just from their heel to their ankle. And then from their ankle to their knees is equivalent to all that, meaning the, all the seven heavens plus that. What does it mean? It means that each level is so superior to the one above. And then it goes higher up to their, up to their thighs. And this is indicating the enormity of creation. This is just the chayos HaKodesh. And how it is beyond them, and the God and the divine realms, totally beyond them. But since it's giving a measure, whatever that measure means, but it's still giving a measure. It's saying it's 500, this one is more, and more. So you see, it's giving a measure, a limited measure. So that's a sign that there's. From the earth to the heaven, there's 500 years. So in order that from God, who is endless, and his, en- and his energy is infinite for him to create such a small and tiny creation. To us it's great, but to him it's... It, it, it comes from... It, 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 that, that involves a, 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 a diminishment and, a, and, a, and, a, and a making himself small. And contractions. Like the sages say... Veshot b'chai elef olamos. Says, what does Hashem do by night? What does Hashem do by night? So the Gemara says, by night, Hashem is flying. <laughs> Such a there's interesting things. The Gemara says interesting things. And if you don't learn Chassidus, it's very strange. But it says like this: that God at night, He takes a flight. He flies. Where does He fly? He has this very a light creature called a kruv. A kruv is like the kruvim that were on the. Uh, on the Aram, there were these bird-like creatures that have human face. Uh, cherubs, they call them, right? So Hashem soars, flies, he, 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 go, he, he goes on to this cherub, and he flies, where? Through 18,000 worlds. He flies through the 18,000 worlds. Soars through the worlds. What does that mean? It means like this. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem, at night, meaning Hashem to transmit light, the life force to the world, to, into the almond, okay, for godly energy that is really infinite, for it to be able to come into the world, even though there are 18,000 worlds, and these, who knows what these worlds mean, how big and how endlessly high and spiritual that these worlds are. But from Hashem's perspective, they're nothing. So Hashem to come there, as we said before, he has to come on a vehicle. So which vehicle is he using? It doesn't say he's using the horses. Because the horses was the vehicle he used by Matan Torah, we're going to see soon. Here he used which vehicle? This cherub, this, this crew, crew. And he goes flying on this crew. On this. Now, what did the Gemara tell us about the word kruvim? Why are the kruvim called kruvim? Because they had a baby face. Keravia. Kravya means a child. So now, which means that in order for Hashem to transmit his life, he's the adult, to transmit to the creation, he has to do it in a very childish way. That's why the transmitting force is coming, he's flying on this kruv that has a, which is kruv means a child face. Kruv, keravya, am pezutra, a small face. That's what we learned earlier, that's what it means, the small letters. The small letter, the small A, is representing the small face, the face of a child. And that is through the small letters. The small letters that Hashem used to create the world. Which letters are these? It begins with the hay, but really it expands into all the letters of Alabiz. Because when Hashem created the world, we said He spoke all the 22 letters. Asarim Amaris. As we say, that Hashem, you give life to all of creation. So the word va'ata indicates aleph through tav. The word va'ata simply means you, God, give life to the world. But also the word ata is aleph through tav. Ata from the aleph until the tav. Mechaye, you give life as kulam to all the to all the world. From the aleph to the tav, you give life to the world. Ah. Oh, but what letters are these? These are the small letters. These are not the same size like the letters of the Torah. This is not the same size. This is not the same size like the letters of the Torah. Because the letters of the Torah are considered large letters. And these letters are considered... So um, the the um, so these are the small the the, the, the small letters. I'm just going to review this. In the letters of the Torah, we know there's that we find small letters sometimes, like a small aleph of Vayikra, and the regular letters, and sometimes the large letters. So he's explaining is that the letters of the of creation that Hashem used to create the world are small letters, not, not the right, which indicate that it's a small transmission, a very little limited type of light. This is through the small letters. Through the letters of Aleph through Tav. This is all what? This is all the, the letters of creation. 
but by when Hashem gave it, but, 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 but the Torah is a whole different form of letters. The Torah is coming from the higher letters, from the larger letters, which means a, a transmission much higher than the creation. As we say, the Torah comes 2,000 years before the world. And as we're going to see soon in the Mimer, 2,000 years is referring to Chachma and Bina. Chachma is, they're called Alefcha Chachma, Alefcha Bina. I will teach you Chachma, I will teach you Bina. The word Alefcha from the word Eleph, there's 2,000 two years. Chachma Bina. Bina, as we said before, is the higher hey. Hagedoyla, big letter. So the Torah, being that it's emanating from Chachma and from Bina, which is way beyond Malchus, much, much higher, and that's why that is coming, and that is the 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 upper level. through the Oisis Atayron, This is what draws forth. They they're the ones that the, these letters, the letters of the Torah, they draw forth godly revelation in the world. Meaning to say like this: the small letters, their intention of these letters, what these letters are supposed to accomplish, is to create the world, to create the creation, to create what conceals on God. That's the creations. Creations are blocking. They're concealing. They're covering up. Because by their very finitude, by Hashem making them in their fixed and limited way, they're, they're blocking on the infinite, on the infinite life. So the world is created in, as a helm, as a concealment. The Torah is coming to the world to what? To enter into this concealment and over here reveal the infinite. To bridge the finite with the infinite. So first Hashem made it symptom and a contraction and created a world. But then what He wants us to do is to sort of undo that symptom and bring the, the infinite light and connect it to the creation. So that's why the Torah is large letters. Because the only reason we said earlier that the letters have to be a small letter was to contract and to conceal and to move away from the infinite and move to the finite. Since the Torah's Indian is to reveal the infinite in the world, it is for that reason that these letters are large letters representing an, a non-constricted hamshah. A revelation coming without the constriction. Yeah. So, is the revelation of godliness in the world. These are not even the large letters. These are the medium letters. This is called You're riding on your horses. Which means, earlier we said that when Hashem at night, at night time represents a time of concealment. That's the time when Hashem is occupied in creating the creation, creating the darkness. Then he is riding on what? He's also transmitting. But what kind of transmission he's, trying to, he's transmitting? He's, dry, he's, he's riding on the, on the pony, as we said before. He's not on the, on the horse. He, he uses, doesn't use he's riding on the kruv, on the kruv cow, on that chariot which has a baby face. But by Martin Torah, he came riding on a horse. So you're going to say, hey, hold it. Riding on a horse seems to be lower than riding on the crew. Because safe, because safe, the crew has a human face. And the human is higher than the animal. True, it's a baby face, but it's still a human face. As opposed to the horse, which we're saying, Matan Torah, Hashem is transmitting from a just like a horse is, uh, see, a, a horse and a, a riding is when you're bringing something from one place to another place. So when Hashem is bringing light to the world, so by Matan Torah, He's bringing a higher light to the world, coming on a what? On a horse. So the Nikra Kisir Kavasuzach, it's called coming on the horses. Shalamailam and Markava Deroichev al Kruvka, which is higher than the Markava of riding on the light Kruv. Afal Pishub Chenas Adam, 
even though a kruv, the kruvim that were on the on the aron, on the ark, had a human face. So they were human. However, it's a small face. The heizira, it's the face of the small hay, the shechina, and it's clear which in which in general is considered like a child. Avol oisiyas atayro and nikram susim shalamaylam atchanas adam. It's higher. They're called horses, which is higher than man. What does it mean? It's why is a horse higher than a man? Horse is supposed to be low. Is lower than man. Ki yeduhet is known. The sus gematri a base palmim samach gimel. The word sus. You have two samachs and then a vav. So it's 126. Now 126 is two times 66. 63. Two times 63 makes up 126. Now we know that the samach gimel 63 is a name, is one of the names of Hashem. The yudke vavke manifests itself or is, can be calculated in many ways. Shem Ayin Beis, name of 72. Shem Sag, name of 63. Right? And there's the name of 45, name of 52. Now the name of 63 is a very, very high level. It's referring to the light before it has been contracted. It's is the name of Samach Gimel. It comes, it's derived from the Yud Vavke when we, when we fill it with, I forgot already which ones, maybe Mili Ha-Hayin. No, Mili Ha-Yud. Yudin is Ayin I'm not sure, but um, it, it's it's filling the Yud Kevavke with the with the, with, the, with certain Miloi, which makes up the uh, makes it into um, into sixty three. Now we know that the sixty three uh, name, the name of God, equivalent to the number sixty three, which again is comes from the Yud Kevavke, from spelling it out in a specific way, is higher than the name of God that is. Uh, uh, that is 45. Now, the 45 is Gematria Adam. Adam, Aleph, Dalit, Mem, is 45. So the 45 is Hashem manifesting in a smaller way, a more contracted way. Generally, the world of Atsilas, the world of Olam Atikun, the world of Tikun, where Hashem has already diminished the light, that's the whole point of, we know that there were two general realms. Olam Atoyu, the world of chaos, where the light was very intense where the energy was flowing with all its intensity. The vessels were not able to hold it, and that's why they shattered. Fine, true, there was a shattering. But still, the light is very, very intense. Then what did Hashem do? He reconstructed new vessels, broader vessels, and diminished the light. And then he diminished the light. That energy is already being called Olamatikun, the rectified world. And that is referring to the world of what we know today as the world of Atsilas, which is the world of the rectification. That world of Atsilas is Gematria Adam. That energy of that transmission is the name Adam, which is the name of 45. The Olam Atoyu, no, Atsilas is not Gematria Adam. Adam is Gematria 45, but the, the name that dominates in the world of Atsilas, the energy of the world of Atsilas is Adam. That's where the Adam Elion, the supernal man, is the spheres, the attributes of Atsilas, the attributes of the world of emanation, of the three intellectual attributes, seven emotional attributes, that whole parts of is called Adam, the Adam Elion, the supernal man. Adam is Gematria 45. Higher than that is the name of Samach Gimel, which is the energy of Olam The horse comes from the world of, 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 of no, the world, of, the horse comes from the world of Samach Gimel. 
from the energy of Samach Gimel, which is higher than the energy of, of I, if so, why is yours? If he comes from such a high place, why? Because that's the whole point. Shem Samach Gimel collapsed. There was a Shvira Sakelem, it didn't hold. So that's why the horse is already a, coming, the sparks that have fallen, that energy that has collapsed, fallen down into this world, and, and, and so it turns out to be a horse, which is an unrectified creature. It's a non-kosher animal, tame animal. But in, in, in his source of sources, he's higher than the human being. Because he comes from a higher energy, just like the light from the world of Tayu is higher than the light of the world of Tikkun. We spoke about this many times. The reason why a human being is nourished by food. Food coming from things that are lower than him. Why is a human being eating food and taking the, his, his nourishment from, 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 from vegetation and animals and so forth? So we explained many times. Because they have sparks. The sparks from the world of Tayu. The human soul is from the world of Tikkun. And that's this week in the parish. The man is not living on the bread. The spark of Hashem's name that is in the food. That's what the person is living in. So that spark comes from the, from the, from the world of Samach Gimel. Now where is that emphasized more than in any other creature? Where, in, which, in which part of this world do you see Samach Gimel energy more than any? On a horse. Because the very word sus is a gematria two times Samach Gimel. Because sus is two Samachs and above two Gimels. So you have the horse is the ultimate of the, of the energy of the Samach Gimel, of the Samach Gimel life, of the Samach Gimel form. So the horse represents the infinite. The horse is a fallen spark from that. Now even though, so on the one hand, they say mentioned before, the horse is lower than the man because the man didn't collapse. The world of Tikkun never collapsed. So the man's neshama comes down in a pure state, in a holy state. It hasn't been, the, man, the man's neshama has not been impacted by this, by this collapsing and by this falling. So the person is, the Adam is is in a rectified state. However, the horse is an unrectified state. So Lamati is lower. But, just like we said in all food, we, see, we can see even though the food is lower than the person, nevertheless the food possesses within itself a certain potency and an energy higher than a person. In that what? That the human being is nourished from the food. So we see that also in a horse. That a horse has power over the person. Where do you see horses? The person dominates the horse. But at the same time, the horse can take a person to places where the person can't go. So you see that a horse has strength that the human being doesn't have. And horses have always been man's companion. But the horse takes people to places where he couldn't go. So what is that indicating? It's indicating the, the godly source of where it comes from. That he comes from the name of Samach Gimel, which is high. Now, being that that's the case over there. Now we're going to take this thing and apply it to Hashem riding. When Hashem, this is all when we're speaking, right? Samach Gimel Af. But there's also this that we mentioned earlier that Hashem rides at night. It says that what? Every night Hashem goes riding on this Karuv creature who is, has a human face. And he, and he floats, as the Gemara says, in 18,000 worlds. And then, by Matan Torah, Hashem was riding on horses. That's the Nafkin. So which one is higher? Hashem riding on a human face? Or Hashem riding on the horse? So he's saying Hashem riding on the horse is a much higher Hashem. Because the whole human is already coming into Caleb, into vessels, into Tzimtzumim, into contractions. The whole thing of Oilam It's contracted. And Oilam the light was endless, which means it represents the infinite. Torah, the light of the Torah, the energy of the Torah is coming from higher than the Tzimtzumim, higher than the contractions. 
in creation, Hashem had to contract. And therefore, the transmissions were small letters, Azvin and the small letters, the Asar are the small letters of the Alephim, indicated in the Behei Baram, and the small Hay of, of creation. Those are the small letters, the Kruv Kal, the, the, the baby face. However, by Matan Torah, the letters of the Torah are large letters, the bigger letters, which means a higher Amshach. Those are the horses that came by Matan Torah. So now let's see it inside. Ah, okay. But the letters of the Torah are higher than other. It is known the Sus Gematria based upon Samach Gimel. The Sus is Gematria two times Samach Gimel. It's higher than the name 45, Hanikra Adam, that's called Adam. And the Sus has greater strength than the person. By Matan Torah, there was a revelation of what? Of the Orin Seif. Meaning in creation, there was no revelation of the Orin Seif. Because in creation, the Orin Seif was hidden. The infinite light was hidden in creation. As we mentioned earlier, creation was, a, was, a, was, a, was an exercise of concealment, not an exercise of revelation. However, by Matan Torah was the time when Anoichi Hashem Alekech, when Hashem revealed Himself. How did He reveal Himself? Through the Torah. So the Torah is revealing letters, not concealing letters. That's where there's the Zahu, And this is why we say like this. Say in Davening, we thank Hashem, and we say, Yahalalu Hashem Hashem. Praise the name of Hashem. Ki nizgav shmoi lavadoi. That his name is, is exalted alone. His glory is on the heavens and the earth. And that Hashem, however, raised to his nation, to his people, he raised a horn or raised them up to. What is it? What does the Pasik say? The verse is saying like this. First is like this. What should be praised of God? What could the creation praise? Shem Hashem, only the name of God. Because in creation, what did Hashem invest in creation? He's going to explain. Only his small letters, only a tiny little ray of him. That's why it's called Yahalu Hashem Hashem. And more than that, even his name, Nizga, even his name transcends the creation. The name of a person is generally external to him, not him. But even Hashem's name is too deep, too powerful, too intense for the creations to bear. His name is alone. Creations don't touch the name. Only a ray of his name is what manages to be to, to come in to be the letters of the heavens the, uh, to enter into the Eretz V'Shamayim to serve as the life force of, of all of all, all of the cosmos and all of creation. Even his name is also separate. It is above the world. A ray of his name. A glory of his name. Is on the heavens and the earth. The general life force of the world. Is only a tiny little ray. Just like we said now. This ray is represented in the small letters. Hey Ketana. The small hey. Ah. That is, when does the creation remain stuck only with the ray? That is when, before we study Torah, before Mount. 
his people, what did Hashem, Hashem raised us up to be able to go beyond the creation and access the very bulk of the, of the light itself. To the Yidin that are his close people, through his great name, like we say, Yisgadol the Yisgadish. Shemay Rabbah, the great name, the Yisgadish Shemay Rabbah, the big name of his. Meaning his name, as it is higher than the creation, that should be revealed in the world. And this is why the sages say, so Jews have a very important role to play, and Torah has a very important role. Creation is an act of concealment and contraction when Hashem has hidden. And through Torah and Mitzvahs, we reveal the Ain Saif in the world. And this is the reason why the Chazal said like this. Just like the world cannot be without Ruchais. We'll see what that means in a minute. So too, they cannot be the world without Jews. Now, what does Ruchais mean? This is the Gemara. 29, the, 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 the Jews are compared to the Ruchais. What are the Ruchais? So there's two interpretations. The first interpretation is Ruchais means without the directions. A world for the world, for space to our world is existing within the context of space. In order for there to be space, you have to have the different sides. What, what makes up space? North, south, east, and west, up and down. That's the, that's the, uh, the way we know space, right? So, so the Gemara says like this: Just like they can't be the world, can't be without the four or the six directions. So too, they can't be a world without the Jewish people. What's the Can't be a world without space. So he explains like this: See, there's two things to creation. There is the creation that God created it, and then, and then there is the purpose of the creation. There is what Hashem did, what the creation. What constitutes the creation from, from in the manner that Hashem created it? And what Hashem wants the Yidin to do to the creation? So the creation has a purpose. Now, I'll be past this. The thing is like this. When Hashem created the world, all he was doing was hiding, concealing, pulling back. Pulling back. And if Hashem is existence, and if Hashem is truth, and if Hashem is, then Hashem is life. So if Hashem is creating a world that is concealing and diminishing, what it really was really doing was just diminishing life. More and more and more and more and more and more and more. See, one that we think he's creating life, but he wasn't creating life, he's diminishing life. So that would be absurd. Why would you do, why would you be working backwards and creating darkness, concealment, and less existence, less? And the answer is, the point of it is that in that darkness, Yidin should come and reveal the Ain Saif in the world. I mean, the Ain Saif with the Eilamis. Oh, if that's the case, so, so the Jews are an integral part of the world because without them there's no purpose. There would be, there cannot be a world, see, the, 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 what the Gemara is trying to say is there cannot be a world with a, of, 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 without purpose. And the purpose can't be the concealment. The purpose has to be the revelation. So we say like this. Just like the world can't be without space. What does space mean? Space is the exact opposite of what Yidin are supposed to do. The world can't be without space. You can't have a world without limitation because that's the definition of world, limitation. So too, you can't have a world without those who break those limitations, which are the Jewish people. That's why the Jews are compared to the Ruchais, not because they're the similar, they're the exact opposite of it. The, 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 the Ruchais are here to create what? The boundaries, the limitations. And the Jews are here to 
bring into those boundaries and into the lamentations that which is beyond the boundaries and the lamentations. Um, as he says, The Ruchais have a four directions, which is, constitutes all of space in our world. But the, the six directions don't only constitute space, they really constitute the root of space also. Because we know that the six directions don't only begin in this world. North, south, east, and west have its divine origins. The divine origins of, are the six Godly emotions. Chesed, Gevurah, Tveres, Netzach, Yisoyed, the six emotions, they are the six directions. That is the, that is the underpinnings of, of, of the, of the Ketzavahs of the world. But, what are they called? What are the six things? How do we call them? How do we refer to these six attributes? Midas. What does Midas mean? Measurement. Because that's where measurement begins. That's where the limitations begin. In the measurement, David is already setting a measure. Higher than those six attributes, there is no measurement. There's no space. There is no measurement because it's infinite. Chachma Bina is not yet restricted. There's no measurements in it. It's only the main Indian of Hagabala already begins where? In the six. That's why it's also time. Just like it affects the six directions, also time. Kishesh Yam and Masa Hashem, the six days of creation. Six days are the six attributes because that's what sets the limitations and the boundaries of our bounded existence. But the point over here is, there is there can't be a world without the Ruchas, but there can't be a world without Yisrael. Because the point is that in those boundaries, we should be Megala, what is beyond those boundaries. And Makare Sabas Eilam is Bibchenas, Bibchenas Hela. Now, Yedei Yisrael, Vatayra, and through Yidin and Vatayra, Nam Shichem, we draw forth Gili Alokus Ba'ilam, the revelation of God that is in the world. And this is why we're supposed to read this word Shenikram. That's why the Tamidah Chachamim are called Banayich. They're called your children, but they're also called Banayich, the builders. We build the world. What do you mean we build the world? God built the world. No! Because the purpose of the world is that it shouldn't remain, that it shouldn't be a place of godly concealment, it should be a place of godly revelation. So you have to build it. Those who build the world. What, is, what kind of building are we building? We're building a home for Hashem from this world. The world itself is called Ir Elekeinu. It's a city from Shem Elokim. Contractions. By the way, the name of Elokim, that's, that's the little hay. The little hay is Elokim. We know that the little hay is referring to the very root of the oilam of Adibur, the world of speech, because all speech emanates from what? From a breath, as we mentioned earlier. That's the root of speech. And we know that we learned in Tanya the other, the other day that Hashem created everything through letters. It's the letters that are making up and constituting all the creations. And that's why the world is called a ear, a city. Why a city? Because what is a city built? A city is built from stones. You make, you say, Yitzhira says, you take many stones together, you build you build a home, and then you build another home, and you get a neighborhood, and you finally get a city. So we're constructing all these things. So to Hashem's letters, the words that Hashem spoke come together and create all the creation. But it's all called Ir Eloikeinu, because it's all coming from Shem Elokim, from the Tzimtzumim, from the contractions, from the Azvin Ze'irin, from the small letters. Yidin are here, Godol Hashem Be'ir Eloikeinu, to bring out the Godol, the godless of Hashem, which is connected to the Shem Havaya, Yudkei Vavke, where there's no Tzimtzumim over there. 
Hashem Avai is God Hashem Be'ir Elokeinu. Who does that? Those that are boyne, they build up this world. Tamid HaChachamim, Torah Mitzvahs, that's what does it. There is God Lavai Be'ir Elokeinu. V'zahu Klolis Inyan Matan Torah. And this is the general idea of Matan Torah. The Yisrael Am Karoivai. The Inyan of the Torah being given. The Yisrael and the Yidin Am Karoivai. Shal Yedei Oisi Yaisa Torah. It's through these through the letters of the Torah, because we said before, every transmission needs letters. They draw down the gilead of the Ein Seif in the world. They bring down those horses that bring the merchandise. The horses come carrying them. came on the horses. And when we learn Torah, we're channeling horses. Good. So now we know the general idea of what letters are, what the Indian of Torah is, introducing a whole higher dimension of letters into the world. Now we need to understand, now we need to understand what does it mean? Will they go in my Torah? Because we said before that the Chazal, Hashem, the Pasuk says, Hashem said, I'm giving them the mon, that I will test him. Will he go in my Torah? So there is an Indian of Torah itself, and there's an Indian of going in Torah, journeying in the Torah. What's the Indian? That that what is what is it that we bless when we make when we make the blessing on the Torah? We say, that Hashem gives the Torah. It's a lashon of present. Hashem is giving now the Torah. So the question is, there's already thousands of years that the Torah was given. The sages say to us, that every day the Torah should be to you like it is new. From the words Noisena Torah, it's, it's implying a present that Hashem is giving it now. So the sages say to us that every day when we study Torah, it should be like the Torah is new. like it's new. But he says, what do you mean? How, how should it be like it's new? How can it be? How can the Torah be like it's new if what? Torah is given to us already 2,000 years ago. So what does it mean the Torah is new? How is it? In which sense is the Torah new? Ah. Um, that I. Oh. So we, said, we learn it out. Oh, so it says. Right. When Hashem speaks about studying Torah, He says, It will be these words. That I am commanding you today. You should see the Torah as something that you're getting every day. Every day. And, 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 and therefore, what, what comes out? If a person is learning Torah as if it was given today, so then he then he, then he, then he would then he's receiving the Torah in the same manner that like he received it the first time. How did we receive the Torah the first time? We were trembling and shaking. and just like the aim of a year, it was with dread and fear. So if a person is learning Torah and they're not trembling when they're learning, is a sign that we're not tuned in to to this Indian for the Torah being given every day. So what he's going to explain is an amazing thing. That the Torah itself, this two, this Yid can learn Torah, and he's learning an altar Torah. He's learning an old Torah. That's holiness. The Torah is holy. It's an ancient holiness from way back then. It's a but there's a whole different dimension. The Torah is a living Torah, and the Torah is constantly being re-read. Meaning, the, the, because we mentioned earlier, the main Indian of the Torah is not the Torah; it's the juice that's flowing in the Torah. It's the godliness that's flowing in the Torah, and Hashem. The infinite, the 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 the, uh, 
the Eidah Oirin Soif is coming into the Torah from fresh and from new every single day. That's Mamash what Matan Torah was about. Matan Torah was a time when Anoichi, the Eidah himself, put himself into these words, and through that he transmitted himself into this world. This Indian is a constant Indian that is happening. However, it only happens that Hashem is transmitting himself into the Torah, into the, is if man has to provoke that. The human being has to study Torah in a manner, as we're going to see in a minute, that is going to stimulate the Abishta to learn that Torah at that moment, to put himself into those words at that moment, and at that moment is causing an eskashras and a bonding between as a result of that, of Hashem putting himself into the Torah. And the person now reading those words, the Jew and God meet him and the Ain Saif, become united in one. And when he feels that, when a person is studying that way, then he trembles like the first time, because this really is no difference. Because just like Bamat and Torah, the Indian was, that Yidin were coming upon him, upon him, speaking Tashem. Bamat and Torah, the Indian wasn't the Lamdis. Bamat and Torah, the greatness wasn't the Chidr. The Indian Bamat and Torah was the, 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 the Galus of the Kuz that the Abish was talking to them, that God was talking to them. Well, that is taking place when we're studying Torah. But, but for that, you have to be Hayelech B'Torah. For that, a person has to journey in the Torah. We're going to see soon what that means. How does that work? Ach, Indian. So how does that work? Yeah. So we said earlier, the Oisi is a Torah, Nikra B'Shem Susim. We said earlier the letters of the Torah are called Susim. The Ambez mean a Susim. However, there are two types of horses. Echad, one of them, Oisi, Oisi, Malin, Nishmas, Yisrael, Momata, Lamayla. One of them are letters that are raising the souls of, of Yidin, Nishmas, Yisrael, from below upward. Kamoi Oisi is a It's like the Oisi is of Davin. And the second horse, different type of a horse, is that's what brings the Oyrin Soif, the Gilelokus, the revelation of God, and it's from above down. What does that mean? We know that there are two types of, 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 uh, of uh, words that we, holy words, two kinds of holy words. One is the words of davening, and one is the words of Torah. What is the difference between the two? The words of davening is our words. We are speaking. We are speaking to Hashem. See, these are words that are going up. Words that we're, we from down here, expressing our feelings, our, and we're reaching up to the age. Torah, Hashem is speaking to us. It's His words. So you see the difference. You got letters that are going up, letters that are going down. Like Vayakov, Sula Mutzav there was a ladder. Malachim were going up, Malachim were going down. So he's, so davening in general represents let upward, up, up, uh, upward letters, letters that are journeying, uh, uh, heaven-bound letters, and the letters of the Torah are earth-bound letters. What's the nekuda? The point is like this: as we said earlier, a letter is a vehicle, because every letter, a letter is just an empty thing that you put content into. You put content into, it, and you're sending it off. So. Uh, by davening, for instance. There's the word, you can mumble the words, and it's mumbling, then it's just hollow letters that go on there. A davening, to be a davening, you have to put your heart into those letters. You put your feelings. You take your yesterday, and your experience of the yesterday, and you put it into today's davening. In other words, your frustrations, your difficulties, whatever, whatever it is. And you put it in, you, you, you try and put that in, you're putting yourself into those words. And then you're sending that, you're sending that, those words up to Hashem. So you're taking something of yourself. Of so you're riding on that horse, and you're lifting yourself up higher through those 
through those words. And it's more than that, as we're going to see soon. It's not only that you're taking your feeling and you want Hashem to know what you're feeling. But more than that, the person is attaining higher levels of consciousness during davening. Davening takes you. Just like you hop on to the, to the first pasuk, Haidul Hashem, Kiru Bishmai Adibu jumping onto the horse, and so forth. You're going. Now you're moving through the davening if you're, pay, if you're concentrating on what you're saying. It's, it, it, it carries you to higher levels of sensitivity. You start feeling the Eidrishter more. You start feeling godliness. You start feeling as the Upsan Eidrishter of the world. There's something godly, there's something holy. There's, and you're moving higher and higher and higher to higher levels of consciousness. You begin davening with more simpler things. Shaloy Yasani Oved. Shaloy this. And you make your guide. You know, you're going, climb. Then you come into Baruch Shalom. Speaking how the, you're not seeing anymore the world. You're seeing the words that Hashem spoke to create the world. And then you go into the, you're talking about the Malach and the Seraph and, and, and Birchus uh, Kriya Shema, all about the, the, the higher spheres and how they're singing Bein of the Yiddin. Until you come to Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Achod, you don't even see the creation. Creation has melted into the Yiddin. The explosion of Ahavtus Hashem Elokecha, loving God with all your heart. Until Shema Yisrael, we've tachos abitl, you can't even talk, silence. Avde Kamen Lared, only the Yiddin is here. That, that's dominant. So the dominant takes the person. Davening is geared to take a person from thicker, lower, coarser consciousness. When we wake up in the morning, we're filled only with our own ego, with a feeling of self. And we have to pick ourselves up to start feeling something God. That's davening. But then, there's another end. Okay, so you've reached heaven. You've reached heaven. It's like, oh, it's very beautiful. You've gone up there. But now what? You can't stay there forever. You have a life. To come back into the world, you have to deal with your life. You have to pay the bill, the gas bill, and the DWP. These bills are very real, and you have to take care of them. So you're going to have to come down, go out to the market, shop, food. Ugh, come back here, you open your eyes. It's like an empty, culture world. It's a cold world without anything else. So we have to do something to change this world that here too should be as sweet and as delicious as it was up there. Someone told me today by Darwin, he said, he said, the best moment of the day is when you wrap the towel up. That one moment you put on your talus, he says, you wrap the talus, new creation. And he was expressing to me the idea that, that when you wrap the talus around you, like you go away from the world, you go to a place that's so pure and so holy. So I said, yeah, but you're running away from everything. It's not going to change. It's nice. It's a, it's a very warm place under the, that, that moment of the wrap. But the point over here is not to stay all day wrapped in the talus. The point over here is that that is to bring the kedusha when you reach with the when you were in the talus wrap. Danny, but how do you do that? So, so that's through learning Torah. Because in learning Torah, you're taking godly ideas. And what are you speaking about? Speaking about the world. Speaking about, that's what the Torah deals with. Torah deals with Hashar Shanagach HaSapara. And with an ox that gore the donkey. And it deals with all the arguments and all the lies and the deception. And this guy argued so. And how do you investigate who's saying the MS and who's saying the truth? It's getting into the very nitty gritty of this world. It's getting into the kishkas of the creation. And, the, and again, there's no subject that Allah doesn't deal with. Every aspect of the world. Which means so that, that means purifying the creation. Bringing the godliness that you've attained by davening, you reached up to the Yedrish. And you're bringing it down. So here, so that's the idea of the two kinds of gorses. The two inyanim in, in Torah. The rising up first towards that light. Where the person is yearning for the light. And then as a result of that, when he learns Torah, he draws that down. What happens, however, if a person doesn't do an upbound journey? If a 
person does the first journey up to the heavens. But he says, you know, I just want to learn Torah. I'm not into the davening thing. Davening scene is not for me. Higher consciousness, I'm a simple guy. I like to just learn. So the problem is, he said, it doesn't start really working. Because in order to get the light, you first have to go up there. Then you can draw that light down in the Torah that you're learning and transmit it into the world. But you have to first go to the light. And that, so that's the idea of ayelech, because if not, the person doesn't do that. So he's learning a Torah. He's learning Torah, but the Torah is lacking the godly, the, the flow of, of the ain't safe light is not in the Torah. It's, it's, it's in a hollow Torah. In order for the Torah to be filled with light, there has to be a strong davening before. That breaks the person up, as we're going to see. Okay, so now let's read. Ha'inu, yeah, the oisi is a Torah, nekem shem susa, the beiz mina is Oisia Samal and Nishmas Yisrael Mamata Lamar are the letters that raise the Nishmas Yisrael from down below up. Like the Oisia of Davening, the Susa Beis and the second horse. These are the horses which are carrying Godliness downward. Just like Sheiyev Shalei Oilam Beloy Ruchais Pidish Abeis. It says like this. We said earlier. Just like the world can't be without ruchos, without the directions, so to the world can be without Jews. And we explained that well. The ruchos are, just like the world can't have limitate, can't be without limitations, or else it wouldn't be a world, so too it can't be without Jews who, 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 who break the limitations and break the boundaries. Remember I told you earlier that the word ruchos has two meanings. One of them means directions. Another meaning that ruchos means winds wind that blows, that's ruchas. So just like the world cannot be without ruchas, also has to mean that just like the world can be without blowing winds, so too the world can be without Jews. If we're going to learn this pshat, that the ruchas means winds, I guess the Mepharshim give two meanings what means ruchas, directions or wind. So if it means that, oh, how does it apply to you? Wind blows in two directions. There's wind blowing from that. Okay, the wind is it's going around this way, but wind is blowing. There's a there's a a, uh, a, a uh, upper higher currents that are coming downward, and then there is low pressure air that is blowing up. It's blowing in two different directions. So yidden, how do the yidden bring the oyrein soif into the world? This that yidden have to be they're the ones to bring. It's through the 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 the, the two the ruchais to do blowing in the two winds. The blowing meaning the soul rising upward. That's the wind of the neshama rising up to the answer. And then the wind of the godly response of bringing the Ebrishtah's ruach back into the world. The spirit of man rising towards God and the spirit of God being drawn back down into the world. As he says, V'zehu, again, V'kishem, B'loi ruchos pidish The second meaning of ruchos. Heim ruchos had no yishvois b'yoylam. These are the ruchos that are, are uh, it's amazing, I'm just going to say that the one, I don't know who did this, but someone, someone made these footnotes and he messed up very badly because he's, 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 he keeps on fixing it. You have to fix certain things over here and uh, you don't have to fix anything because he learns, I guess it didn't happen, it's that, that, Ruchais, that Ruchais has two Prushim, whatever, if you look at the bottom, you see that if a Dreta Kav, and I don't know who made, someone made this and it's not, it's not, Mamish not Megeya. Because he wants to learn He's not saying two ruchais. 
Piddish Habeis in Ruchais. Earlier he said there's a Piddish Aleph, there's a first Piddish. And now he's learning a second Piddish in Ruchais, and he made another few mistakes. I don't know what it is. I have to send in some uh, corrections. So Piddish Habeis and Ruchais and Neishes Ba'olam, which are what? Nomata Lamaila, the Ruach that blows upward, Umamaila Lamata, and wind that blows downward. Kach so too, Iyash Lo'olam below Yisrael can't be without Yidin. Shehem heim haruchos, they are the blowing, they're the ones who blow the wind in. Kemoi, there's a pasuk that says, Ruach, I see, no, it's a Lashon Azoyah. Ruach, I see, Ruach, Va'amshech Ruach. The wind of man, I, I don't remember how you're supposed to read this, I remember I once checked this up. Ruach, I see, Ruach, or Ruach, I see, no, I think it's Ruach, I see, Ruach, Va'amshech Ruach. Something like the spirit of man draws forth a Ruach, no, the ruach. I don't know how you read the first ruach, but the idea is that by man's spirit rising up, he draws down the spirit of the Abishter down. Ruach the spirit of man rising upward, by If I put to him the pasuk that says, "Im Yosef Libi," if I put my heart to him, his ruach and his neshama, Elav Yasef, to him he will gather in. So the, the way this is, the interpretation, the explanation of this is, if your person puts his heart to the Ebishter, so ruach v'nishmosoy, the Ebishter's ruach and the Ebishter's neshama, which means the godly, the oireng soif, Elav Yasef, is gathered into the person as a result of the person reaching up towards him. V'nocha olav ruach Hashem, like it says, the spirit of Hashem will rest upon ruach mimaroim, a ruach from above, as it says, Ad Yara Olav, till Hashem will put upon him, Ruach Mimara, and Ruach from above. The Hembez Minehilach. These are the two types of walking. Hana. Who Kamoi Mahalchem Beina Oimdim. As it says, Hashem says, I will make you walkers, or goers, or journeyers, Beina Oimdim, between those who are stationary, stagnant, those who stay. The Malachim are called Oimdim. They're fixed, they can't move. And Hashem says, I will make you into a, a goer. Yidden on the Shamas are called Mahalchem. Why mahalchim in the plural? Because there's two halichas. The halicha up, and as a result of that, the halicha down, the drawing down. The zau, and this happens, the zau, this is shalyidei halosman, it's through the raising up of the feminine waters. Mam is, a, is, a, is, a, is an acronym for mayin nukvin, the fe- feminine waters, which means the nishamis, the world is called feminine because it's the recipient, it's the, the woman receiving. So, but it's through the woman, the, I mean, the world rising, lifting, bringing up, rising to Hashem. As we said before, by davening, you take your consciousness, which is dark consciousness, which is a darkness and darkness of ego and so forth, and a person purifies his consciousness. So you're taking something of yourself and you're pure, and lifting it up, like it's the thing of the Allah's man, Mayan Nukhan going up, who bitter than Afisha Bahamas, and to refine your animal soul. What does it mean to refine? To take it out from its grubkite, from its coarseness. Because the animal soul just wants gashmius. It sees the world as something separate from us. And you have to change that. The eskafia, and how do you do that? By eskafia. First, the animal soul is not such a quick learner. He doesn't want to learn so easily. So he's like a little, like a horse. You have to give him a few wishmice. You have to beat him. And how do you do that? By not giving him what he wants. But you don't give your animal, meaning when your appetites. It's simple. Sometimes you have to say things the way they are. If the animal wants, you know, a cookie, you don't give it to him. 
And then the more you don't give it to him, every time he wants it, then he, after a while he realizes he's not so entitled to it. And he softens up. Once he softens up already, then you can educate him. But before, he's, if you give it, like a little child, if you give the child everything he wants, you can't educate the child. He's a spoiled brat. But if you, you, you don't give him, so then he's soft. He's, he's material to listen. And the animal soul so so. First is kafia. First you have to break him. And then afterwards, then you can turn him around. From darkness to light. Through the bitl, through the nullification of the something. That means the animal soul takes himself very seriously. He's very, he's a yesh, he's a somebody. And, when he, and through the bitl and the, and the breaking of it, Bebitl through the bitl, the hawla, and the rising up, from below up. So as we do this, here's the thing. What does Hashem want from us? He wants kim liyira, meaning, what does the Abish want? The Abish wants that we should give him a little piece of our darkness. When we take a little bit of our ego, and we, and we break it, and we give it for the Abish so as a result of us transforming darkness to light, so the Ebishter responds and reciprocates with the revelation of Anoichi. Because we're giving from ourselves. We're breaking our very Anoichi, our, our Anoichi. And when we break our Anoichi and give it to him, he gives his Anoichi, his, he gives his, his self to us. It is a revelation of the Anoichi, the very I, that I'm commanding. And what happens then? That means that in the Torah that you're learning, it's containing the anoichi of Hashem. And therefore, that's why every day it's new. Because this is a new thing. It didn't happen yesterday. A new hamshach, a new light. That the Hashem should give the Torah right at that moment. Like it says, that Hashem establishes the, the shamayim, the heavens, with understanding. It's a possible. That Hashem establishes the heaven with Tavuna. What is the deeper meaning of that? So he says like this. The heavens are referring to the Torah. Torah is called heaven. So let me remember something. Torah is very holy. It's spiritual, it's holy. But it's holiness, but we call it heaven. Because just like there's the Aretz, earth, and there's the heaven. And then there is what's beyond the heaven. What's beyond heaven is the Abish. So the same is also. There's the earth, there is the Torah, and then there is the Abish, Hashem. Koinin Shamayim, right? But we need to bring the Abish into the heavens. Koinin Shamayim, Hashem establishes the heavens. First of all, why is the Torah called heaven? Why is the Torah called Shamayim? Because Ruchni is whatever, but there's deeper meaning to it. The word Shamayim is established. Rashi says is Aish and Mayim. Fire and water. That's what makes up the substance of the heaven. Fire and water. Hashem took, brought together fire and water and made the heaven. We know that fire and water is what? Chesed and Gevur. Water is Chesed, flows downward, kindness, and fire is Gevur. The entire Torah consists of the combination of these two Midas, Chesed and Gevur. Where do we see the entire Torah is consistent? Because what is the Torah doing in every, in every aspect of Torah? In Shisha Sidra Mishnah, the six orders of the Mishnahis, what is the Torah doing? In, in Sefer Nezikin, the Torah is saying who is guilty and who is innocent. Chayiv and Pater. Guilty is Gevura. Pater, innocent, is Chesed. In Mesechtis, um, in, in Seyed Taharis, what is Hashem saying? Toher and Tame. Toher, something is pure, it's Chesed. It's being drawn close to Hashem. Tame, it's being rejected. It's impure, invalid. Gevura. 
being pushed away. In Sefer, uh, in, in, or in uh, 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 Sefer uh, Noshin, mutter and asa, permissible or forbidden. Also in Samakachim, food is kosher or not kosher. Permissible means that you can lift it up to God, draw it into your relationship with Hashem. Asa means it has to be re- rejected and thrown into the klipa. You can't, can't draw it close. So Hashem is rejecting it. So all of the Torah is exactly that. Is the yeah and the no, the positive and negative charge. So the Torah is, that's why the Torah is called Shamayim, Eish and Mayim. However, as beautiful as the Torah is, and the Torah is Eish and Mayim, it's meaningless if the Abishta doesn't imbue these Midas with his very self. The Anoichi has to enter into the Shamayim. So the Apostle is saying, Koinein Shamayim. Hashem establishes the heaven. Bitavuna with Tavuna, with Chachman Bina. Chachman Bina are higher than the Midas, and we know that Avaya Bachachma, Hashem resides, the Oyrin Saif resides in Chachman. And through Chachman, through Bina, Chachman and Chachman Bina are always together, it's transmitted into the six emotions. So now the six emotions are not just emotions, but they're saturated with the Abishter himself. And, but what do we say? What does the Lashon say? Not at the Kananta Shamayim Bitvuna. You made, you established it way back then. Koinein. Now, every day, the Abishter is continuously imbuing the Shamayim, which is the Asian Mayim of the Torah, with what? With Tavuna, with the Chachman Bina, which is higher. Koinein Shamayim Bitvuna, Koinein Moshan Hoivetz, present. Gamke. Shamayim and Midoisa Torah. Shamayim of the Midoisa Torah. Eishumayim, fire and water. Chesed Gvura, which is Chesed and Gvura. Kasher, Pasel. This is Kasher. We messed that. We forgot that one. In Kachin, it's Kasher and Pasel. Kasher. Or in Mayid, Sukkah, Kasher, Pasel, whatever. But Koinein Shamayim, the Abish established, Hamam Shachis, Moichen Chadashim, Bechol Yoin. Hashem is drawing new vitality, new Moichen, new. Bechmi Chachmo Bina, from Chachman Bina, it's being drawn into the Torah. Shatayra Kadmali Oilam, Alpayim Shana. Because the Torah comes, it precedes the world 2,000 years. And we explained earlier, what are the 2,000 years? Chachma Bina called the 2,000. Why? A'alevcha Chachma, A'alevcha Bina. A'alevcha is 1,000. A'alevcha. Mokra It's the root of the Torah. So you see from here that there is a certain, that Torah is not a dead, chas shalom, an old, ancient, uh, this week in the parasha, I know last week, last week in the end of the Shaman, the Yuktma Yashayna, it's not like Rashi brings, it's not an altar, it's not an old document, it's a new thing. So what Chazal tells us, there's another indication that Hashem invests himself into the Torah every day. It says, Every day, Hashem sits and studies Torah three hours. The first three hours of the day, Hashem is sitting and he's learning Torah. What does that mean? HaKadosh Baruch Hu is referring to the infinite light. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Yoishev. He sits down. What does sitting down mean? Lowering oneself. When a person sits down, he's lowering. Where is he lowering it? He's lowering his infinite light into the Torah. In three hours, the first three hours, Chachma, Bina, and Das. The three Moichen, before we emphasize just the two, Chachma, Bina, now he's emphasizing the three, Chachma, Bina, Das. The three hours, through where he's channeling the Oirein Tzayif into Gimel Shaz. Shachadosh Baruch Hu, Atzmus HaMatzel. The Kaddish Baruch over here is referring to the essence of the emanator. It's referring to Hashem himself. Higher than the attributes. The emanator, 
the, 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 the attributes are the emanations. This is the matzil, the emanator from where it's all coming from. Yoishev sits down. Bebchenes yeshiva v'ashpola b'toyda. He's being mashpol and lowering himself into the Torah. Begimul Doris in the three hours. Gimel Moichin, the three Moichin. However, how does Hashem do that? Hashem does that together with the person. When the person is learning Torah, that's when. Okay, there is the end of the day, Hashem does it every day, but then there's what Chazal said. Whoever is Kaira, Kaira means he learns Chumash, he's reading. Vishayna, he learns Mishnayas. Hakadish Baruchu, Kaira Vishayna Kenegdai. Hashem also learns along, but the Kumara says, Hashem learns with him. It says, Kenegdoi, opposite him. What does it mean, Kenegdoi? It means to the degree that the person, as we're going back to what we said earlier, the only way that Hashem invests himself into the Torah that the person is learning, if the person wants God, Hashem never imposes. He doesn't like to over, he doesn't like to, he doesn't want to come and invade your space if you don't want him. He only wants to come into your space if you invite him in. How do you invite him in? By davening. Your nisham is crying. My soul is yearning for you. Hashem says, you're yearning for me. Okay, here I am. So then when a person is learning, the Abishter is with him. In accordance to the person's bitl, in accordance to how much a person has surrendered his ego, because Hashem wants to come. But if the person is if the person has filled his entire space with his ego, God doesn't have space to come into. So you have to make room for him. How do you make room? By, by removing yourself a little bit. That's when you have room. The person has to create the space. Like the Kotzka Rebbe once said, I, when he was, the Kotzka Rebbe went into seclusion for a very long time. A very long time he was in seclusion. He was like, and one time he came out, it was like the Chiddush, he was out in the Ramsh for a whole year. He came out, and he was like in the Kotzbah. And he said, Vidre Ebishter. Where is God? And the Ebishter was saying, Lassasar Ponim, Hashem is everywhere. He said, Nay, Will you let him in? That's where he is. Hashem will only be where you let him in. What does that mean? He says, This is because this is Nakuda. Hashem is where you create space. What's the space? Bittal. When you're not there, that's where the Ebishter When you surrender yourself and you're not doing what you want, what he wants, that's when he can come. And he said, By davening is when you do that. Because by davening, you come to a purer consciousness. You realize how insignificant, small, and unimportant you are, and how everything he is, and you surrender yourself to be serving him, not yourself. According to the person's bitl of himself, of his animal soul, and his physical body, to the degree that the person is breaking himself, from this it is drawn down, the revelation of the into the worlds. Into all the worlds in general, and particularly on this person's neshama, from above. Now, where do we see this concept that in order for the oiring soif to come into the world, you have to first break yourself and create a space and a crush and, a, and, a, and an absence of ego, so there can be the abish that can come in and fill that that vacancy. We find that the first time when Hashem gave the Torah, everything is in the macro and in the micro. Where were the Yidden before they got the Torah? For 210 years, they were crushed and crushed and crushed in Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim, just like there was the Golis Mitzrayim. And he says there was two things. First of all, there was the fact that they were beaten and they were crushed, physically. But also, there was something else. They were living in a world 
where Yiddishkeit didn't come from Yiddishkeit was a fight. They had to break themselves to be a Jew. That's the Nukkah. See, sometimes, see, we don't like, here's the thing. We all go through this. I don't know, I go through this. Maybe everybody else does. There's a lot of pain and a lot of frustration. Why we can't get out of the darkness? Well, you can learn, you can learn, and you can give shiur, and you can learn chassidus and haikas, and you're still in the darkness. And you get frustrated. Why, why, why is the Abish to make so much, why do I have to go through so much darkness? In that, after all the all the knowing, and all, you still have all the unholy feelings, desires, wants, cravings. Why can't you just be in a place of light? And the answer is, if you're in a place of light, it's great, wonderful. But then your relationship with the Abishta doesn't involve bitl, because you don't need bitl, because everything in you cries out. I want to daven. I want to learn. I want to this. So you're. Your very Yiddishkeit itself is an exercise of your eye. The eye itself is expanding in the Yiddishkeit. Good, it's a holy eye. No storyline. Lacking the bit. But precisely because we have so much garbage and so much stuff inside of us, and in order to do anything, we have to constantly break it and break ourselves and break ourselves. That's the Yiskafia. And where there is the Yiskafia, there is space. There is no you. Nisht ich, not ich, not I. And when there is no I, there is space for God to enter. So in Mitzrayim, he says, the Yidin were living in a very dark energy. They were living in a space where what their natural feeling of every moment was to do bad. They were living in the Memtes Shaditun. And that was required. It was required. Pashtas you learn, everybody learns. Pashtas you learn. They fell into the Memtes Shaditun. The Ebershtah came and he saved them. He explained, no, they went into the Memtes Shaditun. They needed to serve the Ebershtah in the Memtes Shaditun. In that state, because over there it required the breaking of themselves in order to be a Jew. As he says, They were entrenched in Mitzrayim, in the nakedness of the land, in a really immoral, lowly place. He doesn't even say Memtas, he's in the, the 40, in the 50 gates of Tumor. In the utter darkness, the Savlu Oil Golos, and they also. Uh, uh, um, were sailed. They uh, withstood, or they went through the the the, um, the oil, the yoke of the gullus, the and they didn't change their language. I mean, it's not to change their Judaism; they kept their Jewish identity despite everything pulling them in the other direction. So there was an escafia. Through this, they were breaking darkness. They were turning over. As a result of this, they were zaycha to the revelation of Matan Torah. So this is in the in the on, on a whole to the Jewish people in general. Kach b'kol so to every single day, Yiddishkeit has to be alive. It can't be an ancient thing that happened when then. Today you need to go through the whole procedure. Chayav adam person has to see himself kiliyotzim in Mitzrayim that he as if he went out of Egypt. It means shaloi your own Egypt. Meitzar aguf, which is the, the Mitzrayim, comes from the word Meitzar, constriction. The body constricts. Benafshe Bahamas, and the person's animal soul, b'midas rois, with with all the person has to deal with all of his midas rois, all of his negative character traits, personality traits, and all the parts in him that doesn't uh, like Yiddishkeit, doesn't like. Ubekriyishma, and when you're saying kriyishma, nasa yitzias Mitzrayim. At the reciting of the Shema, the Neshama goes out of Egypt. 
And what happens, Vahaftas Hashem, you love Hashem, Bishnei, to the point that by Kriya Shema, what happens? Because what happens by Kriya Shema? After all the meditation, you come to a point where you love Hashem with both your, both your hearts, even the Yetzirah. Which means the person took darkness itself and transformed it to light. And as a result of that, what do you say right after that passage? Now that you broke your darkness, Hashem says to the Jew, now that you broke it, so now these words, now, 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 now I can enter into you. My very self. And it's through this that Hashem gives us the Torah now. Not an old Torah back then. The Abish that gives us the Torah at this very moment. And this is the meaning of Will they go in my Torah? Not enough. See, can we can learn Torah. Will you go in the Torah? Which means you have to journey in it. Meaning to go means to travel up and draw down. Not So now, and it's for this reason Hashem gave them the man. See, they came out of Mitzrayim. Hashem gave them the Torah the first time. But Hashem didn't want them to get an old. It doesn't want the Torah to get stale. It becomes old, which means it's not a new, it's not a new Hamshach every day. Hashem wants a relationship, a constant relationship. He wants to be dancing with us every day, in and out, in and out. So it's for that reason that, that Hashem gave us the man. Because the man is what stimulated this halicha. In other words, the, in order for the Jew to do this every single day, to be able to break out from his own Egypt and rise up to the, to the, to the, to the and then draw down the inside down, they need special empowerment. The man possess that quality so that I can so that Anasena won't be the word Anasena over here I guess he doesn't really say it but I think it's not that I will test him but comes to the word I will raise him up like you raise up a flag on a boat it's called nace on a high uh, the, 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 the what is it called the mast on the, on the sail it's called the nace it's high up so that I will lift him up so Yidin will be able to go in his time. The eating of the man and gave them that strength. Because he's going to explain now what is the uniqueness about the eating of the man. Because by the man it says, which means, I will, I'm going to I'm going to rain down to you bread from heaven. This was spiritual bread. It's also called the, the, the food of the mighty. Lechem sheyibolet. Simply, sometimes it's like because the malachim, it's the food of the angels. Lechem sheyivla b'demachivarim, a bread that gets absorbed in the two hundred and forty-eight limbs, because we know that the man, when they ate man, they didn't go to the bathroom. That was one of the reasons they complained. They said, "How long can we live like this? One day our stomachs are going to explode." You know? And the reason they didn't have to go to the bathroom because the man didn't have any 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 psilas. In general, the food has within itself good and bad. It's a mixture. So the body acts as a, as a screen, as a filter. It's sifter. It sifts out the good, and the, whatever is that, it has to go out. But the man didn't have that, because the man was only kuloi toiv. It didn't have any, it was purely good, there was no bad. And we're going to see why a food that's only good is what stimulates this process. And the explanation to this is, where do we find something like this? 
a food that doesn't have any bad. Where do we have that in our, in our Avoida today? Something like that. From the food that we eat on Shabbos, from the eating of Shabbos. This Maimer Bechlau has got so many Gishmat, one after another. It's like, the eating of Shabbos, the Chsiv, what does it say? It says, Tzadik Oichal Vesoyven Nafshay. It says like this a Tzadik eats to the satiation of his soul. Ubeten chulu. doesn't say the end of the Pasik, but the end of the Pasik is Ubeten Rishoyim Techsa. And the stomach of the wicked is lacking. What does the Pasik simply mean? Tzadikim eat to satiate their soul. Yeah, Tzadik eats not because he wants to enjoy the food. He's eating because he needs to, he's to be full. He has to be able to serve Gashem. So he eats. The, the, the wicked people eat for their stomach. So that's why they're always looking. The stomach of the Rishayim, they're lacking because they're looking for food just for fun, for, to have a good time, to, to, for the life. But the Tzadik eats, he's happy. Yes, unique That's a simple thing. We're going to understand over here that this Pasuk, Tzadik, and the stomach of the wicked are both talking about positive and holy ways of eating. There is an eating a type of eating that's called tzaddik oichal v'soyv A tzaddik is eating to soyva to satiate his hunger. Then there's another kind of an eating, which is also a good eating. Beten rishoyim techsa. It's an eating where what the person is trying to do in the eating, he's trying to empty the stomach of the wicked. No one would have ever thought of that. Well, beten rishoyim techsa. There is the, the, it, the point of the eating, and we're going to see in a minute how, is to empty out the stomach of the wicked. What's the chiluk? What does it mean? Tzaddik oichel l'soyf and nafsha is the eating of Shabbos. That's when we eat as a tzaddik eating l'soyf and nafsha, to satiate our neshamas. The eating of the weekday is a whole different kind of experience. Why do we eat in the weekday? We're eating in order to empty the stomach of the wicked. What does that mean? So he's explaining. The achil the choyl, because the eating of the week the eating of the week is in a manner of sifting and refining. Why? Because we know like this. What do you mean? When you're eating in the weekday, is basically it's an act. It's an act of selection. Why? Because as we said this week in the parsha, not on bread alone a person lives. And a person lives on that which is the utterance of Hashem's mouth. A person lives. This week's Naparsh. You don't live on the bread, you live on the word of God. That's in the so what is the meaning of this? Simply, you think you're only living on your bread. Hashem gives life. Darizal says no. The meaning of the Pasuk is, You're not living only on the bread. You're living on the word of God that's in the bread. Because there's a spark of godliness, there's a, there's a, there's a nitzutz of, of kedusha of holiness in every and when you're eating the food, the reason why you're coming really alive is because your neshama is taking that spark and assimilating that spark. As we mentioned earlier, the spark comes from a higher place and it's adding extra vitality and energy into the soul. But in order for that to happen, for a person to gain not just physical strength, but to gain enormous spiritual uh, uh, light and a spiritual gain, 
energy from the food that his neshama should be illuminated. For that, you have to be able to separate the spark from the klipa. Because the spark is in a shell, just like the nut. In order to eat the nut, you want to eat the nut. You have to crack the shell and take out the nut. So to every physical thing, in a few weeks from now, now we're going to read in the Torah, uh, it says, Hashem, uh, Hashem said, I, I place before you I place before you the life and what's good and death and evil. And the Baal Shem says, explain. And what does it mean, Hashem? Simply you learn two paths. You can, you can follow your gate to Torah and do Torah and Mitzvah, and you'll be going on, the, on a life. You'll be choosing a way of life, good and life. You can follow the way of the Yitzhahara, and you'll be doing bad. Hashem says no. Every second in your life, everything you encounter, a glass of water, Hashem puts it in front of you. In that glass and water, there is a sachayim v'satoyim, there's amav v'satoyim. There is an element in the water that's life, and there's an element in the water that's death. The physical element of it, just the physicality of it, is death, because it has no existence, really. The spark of Hashem that's in it, the energy that's in it, that Hashem's in it, that's the life. And Hashem says, select the life. When you're drinking it, how do you do that? How do you take the spark out of it? So, so part of it is saying a bracha. But mainly it has to do with the intentions of eating it. When a person is eating food and he's thinking about, like, so there was once a story told that there was this Rebbe. And he, he would, uh, you know, the Rebbe had a tish and he'd eat with the chasidim. And you know, the way it was by the pilot, by, by the, by the, uh, by most tishim is that the Rebbe would eat, eats a little bit and then they distribute the rest, shirayim. And the chasidim come and take the leftovers and they eat. You know, it's holy food. What the Rebbe ate is holy. So the Hasidim would grab from the leftovers. Then everybody was a big segula for everything. For Panasa, to take from the food of the Tzaddik. And that's where it is in all Hasidic courts. It's not the Chabad custom. It was not to give uh, uh, Shirai. Why do I tell you another story? That they, they're, oh, this story. That, that we're learning the Mimer. This Mimer that we're learning from Tere Shmuel. Shmuel was the son of the Tzemach Tzedek. He was the fourth Chabad Rebbe. So he once tried, he was, he was a very, he was, he was, totally became Rebbe, he was very nister, very hidden. He traveled as a merchant. He traveled to uh, Poland. And he came one time into Belz, in the city of Belz. So he was there as a merchant, and he was dressed like a regular Russian merchant. And the Belzer Rebbe walked out, this was the second Belzer Rebbe, of Yeshua of Belz. And he walked into the shul. And suddenly he started walking around, and looking and feeling around. And he walked right over to him, and he grabbed him, and he said, "Young man, young man, from me He said, "Young man, young man, from me we don't hide. You can hide from everybody. From me you're not hiding." And he put him over there, and he brought him by the tish. And everybody was wondering, like, and he sat him down right next to him by the tish, and he had him there. And then he wanted to give him shrayim. So he didn't want to take because in Chabad the custom they never took shrayim. So he whispered into his ear, I think, a hundred reasons for why Akbi Kabbalah and all this, why, what the Indian of Shrayim, why they give Shrayim. Yeah, he took whatever, but the, the idea is that the, so there was, so there's, tell a story of it, there was this tzaddik who used to, um, who used to, uh, so he ate, usually they ate, it's a, tzaddik, it's a little bit, doesn't it? And the rest was given to the Hasidim when the tzaddik passed away. So his son took over. So the son, come to the dish, and the son is really getting into the chicken and the cook and was eating a lot. And they're waiting, you know, because 
after all, sometimes the kugels were really good and they're waiting to get. Finally, after much, he, he left it go. All right, I crash it here for that, but you don't ask a question. But it happened many times and the Chassidim were getting very frustrated that, uh, that, he's, that he's doing this. So finally, one of the elder Chassidim asked him, he comes to ask him. So he said, you see, he said, the old Indian is that you, know, you have to take out the spark. You have to take the spark. And then you take the spark, that's what the Indian of eating is. You get the godly spark that's in it. He said, my father was a big tzaddik. So he right away knew where the spark is. So he would zoom right into the spark and he would get the spark. He says, I don't know exactly. So I have to feel around a little bit. <laughs> but really, the story is told as a joke. It's not a, because the spark is not a spark that's over there. It's hiding. You have to find the spark. Spark is the spark of God. is the inner content. That's the spark. The, the externality of it is, the, is, the, is the, 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 the physical aspect of it and the, the, the taste and the geschmack and all of that. That's the klipa. And the, the, the energy that's in it, that's the thing. So the way a yid is supposed to eat, the real way of eating is by making a bracha. And you, you try, a person has to think that I'm eating this food, I'm engaging in something, there's, and I have to eat it to serve Hashem. I want the energy of the food so that I can serve Hashem. When you do that, your neshama draws out the thing. And l'chatchila, the way a person should ought to try, strive to do, is try to, as much as they can, not pay attention to the taste. There were those people who were able to do this, they were so sensitive in this, to the point that they didn't taste food anymore. They were able to like really get, get desensitize themselves from physical taste. And, and, and mamish just only feel the, uh, only get, or at least if a person can't help it, and he tastes it anyways, but not really get, get, get into it, not to get uh, excited about it. And that's the rejection. That's the rejection of the clip when you take out the, that's the Indian of why, the point of eating. And the eating is called, that's what's called bitter hanitzutsu. It's a time, of, the Zohar says, because the Zohar says an amazing thing, that the reason why bread is called lechem, because it's a time of mochama. Lechem is lechem and mochama is the same word. Because eating is a time of a war, it's a struggle. Because what happens right away is the klipa, just like the food has a klipa and it has a and it has a soul, the person also has a klipa, that's your animal soul and your body, and you also have an isham. When you when the food, when you can't when food, when a, a plate of food is placed in front of the person, a, a raging war starts. Where the neshama right, wants to get the spark and the animal soul is fighting back and he wants to get the food. But a lot of people, there isn't a war at all because the neshama doesn't even know that. I mean, just totally asleep. But at least if Sarazan is conscious, then there's a fight. Because on the one hand, if the food is good, so you want to. So that even if a person has godly consciousness. So there is a war of who's going to uh, uh, take place. So the Zohar says that the time of Nahama apum char that bread you eat by the, by the tip of the sword you have to chop away. Eating is a is a is a is a battle, is a sword clashing of the swords of your to cut down the klipa and take out the, the spark of holiness. Because a person does that, then food can 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 elevate the neshama to such supreme spiritual heights, much more than even the highest spiritual moments of davening and all that. The food has quality and strength to lift the neshama up, because these sparks that fall low originate in a very very high place. They lift the neshama up very well. This is why we say this. This is the Indian of eating during the week. They say, Beta Rishoyim Techsa. What does it mean? The wicked is called the world of the Sitra Achra. The Sitra Achra, he is the wicked one. The Yetzirah, the Samach Mem, 
Klipa, who's the Sitzer Acher, he's the Russian. His stomach is full. He stole a lot of sparks. Sparks of holiness went into his belly. So he got Buba's belly. This is the big belly from the from the Klipa. That it's that it has all that not Buba, the Buddha Buddha's belly on This is the belly of the Klipa. He's got all this unsparks that he's taken, and he's holding it hostage, he's holding it to him. Our point of eating is, when we eat, is to extract those sparks out of the realm of Klippa and restore them back to Kedusha, to holiness. Betan Rishoyim Techsar. The Indian of eating is that the wicked stomach, the stomach of the wicked Techsar, should be, should be, should be lacking. There's another passage that says, Chayil Bola Vayakienu. He, he swallowed wealth, like a person eating and then vomits. So the 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 clip the, the Sitra Achra has stolen a lot of sparks of holiness into his domain. And in the end, as a result of Yidin, through their avoid of lifting out the sparks, they cause it to vomit, because in the end he's gonna have to give back everything he has stolen and and extra. Plus, right? So that's the Indian of, of Chayil Bola. That's the Indian of eating during the week. Shabbos, however, is a whole different story. Shabbos Boyer is also. Shabbos, you're not allowed to select. This whole idea, this is called selecting because you're doing a beer. You're, you're, you're taking something, you're breaking, you're taking the good out and you're pushing away the bad. We know that one of the Lama Tes Malachas, the Yenal Abdu on Shabbos, is we're not allowed to separate, select things, good from bad. We're not allowed to do that. So, what, so what is the meaning of Shabbos? Shabbos is a mitzvah to taste the food. It's a mitzvah to be ma'anek the Shabbos, to have a taste Physical taste in the food. Why? If the taste is bad. And the answer is, Friday, right, when Shabbos comes, there's aliyah sa'ilamis, the worlds rise up. Since the worlds rise up to a higher state, what happens? The klipa falls down. Erev Shabbos, it says, there is this great whip that comes and separates klipas noiga, the bad from klipas noiga, whatever, from the, and it gives a shaluv, and it throws the klipa down lower than the world. The world, at least the Jewish world, whatever belongs to the Yid, the Yid's home, all those possessions, all the food that he cooked for Shabbos, all these things are elevated into the realm of Kedusha. There is no klipa in the food. The food on Shabbos goes up to its source. Remember we said earlier, the source of food is really higher than the human being in Ulamatev. And an amazing thing happens. Shabbos, when a person is eating the food, the very Gashmistika food, in its full, as it is in its Gashmistika state, is connected to its spiritual origins. And as we said earlier, the, the, the human soul is lower than this place because the human comes from Olam and this comes from Olam And Adarama, the person, is delighting, is connecting to the Hashem in the eating of the food, in the physical taste of the food. He's connecting to Hashem. Because we know that Shabbos is a time when Uz Tisane al Hashem. You're supposed to, the Oinek Shabbos is to, be, is to have Oinek, to have delight in God. But the halacha says you're supposed to have the light from food. The lighting from Hashem. And the answer is, the food on Shabbos is the channel to the Abish. Because the very physical food, Shabbos of food, is, has Kedusha, not Stam Kedusha. And this is the Tainug Gashmi of the food on Shabbos is the Tainug Anelikus. What? It's an hour fast. And that is the meaning of Tzaddik Oichal. The Tzaddik is eating on Shabbos, every year there's a tzaddik. The way we eat on Shabbos, tzaddik oichel, the tzaddik is eating to satiate his soul. It's not in order to separate good from bad. It's only 
to, 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 to fulfill his neshama. His neshama is longing for godly delight, for the experience of the Eid And in Shabbos, he's eating, the achilah of Shabbos is the pechina, is this level of tzadik oichel osayv enav, as opposed to the eating of the week. So it's two kinds of eating, weekday eating and Shabbos eating. As you can explain soon, that's the idea of man. Man was always Shabbos eating. Man didn't have any psalas. Man, there was no sifting. That's why the body, the reason why physically our body sifts, you see how everything is reflected. Everything spiritual is reflected in the physical mechanisms of life. The reason why eating works in a way, how, how does food work? The whole preparation, food preparation is, you come, you have an eye, you take the wheat, the grain, the grain grows, there's psalas. You have to get the kernel. Then you take the kernels and you have to crush them. And then you sift it. And the bigger pieces that come of it can't go. The whole process, then you take it, turn it into whatever, uh, after the, and then the body takes it in. The body takes it in, even all kinds of other foods, you have to peel it, throw out the, the clip of the shells, and the body takes it. And the body does its own, breaks down the, through enzymes, breaks it down to the tiniest particles, and does its own sifting. And whatever is beside us, throws out. The reason why physically it's that way is because spiritually it's that way. That... Uh, it's only in Shabbos, really, it shouldn't be that way, because maybe there shouldn't be a, should be some kind of a Bechir. We shouldn't see the world so different on Shabbos. Maybe that's where it comes from. People say you don't gain weight from Shabbos. But um, it's a different food. The food, the little, the little physical structure of the food is different on Shabbos. Now, now, the, 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 um, so, Oh, so Mon was similar to that. Now he's going to explain soon. This is where he's, he's leading there. The Torah is also called bread. And there's two dimensions to the Torah. There is the revealed Torah, which deals with the world, and there's the Panemius of Torah, as we're going to see, which is the Mon. Okay, let's read it. Okay. Let's go back now to the Torah. The eating of, of the weekday, who bederech bitter, is in a manner of sifting through. We said, Person lives on the mitzvah piyashem, va'yedei achila da adam, and it's through the eating of the person nizbarin nitzetzalukus. He selects this godly spark sheyesh b'machol gashmi that there is in the physical fruit shenafal b'shviras hakelim that this spark fell down in the shattering of the vessels va'apsoyles nitche and the shmutz and the and the and the residue nitche will gets gets pushed away va'yedei zen through this. We cause the stomach of the wicked, which is the clip of the, to lose, to lose his nitzels, because he, lo- he loses weight. Oh, that's what we're causing. We're giving, that's right, we're putting him on a diet. And a chayel, a wealth, the wealth that he, the end he spits it out. From his stomach, you will, you will, you will take it out. However, on Shabbos, boiled so this is the difference of the eating of Shabbos and the eating of the week. Now, just like it's also, just like there is this, uh, this process, the difference of eating of Shabbos and eating during the week, the same thing also is reflected in the difference of the davening of Shabbos and the davening of the week. Because just like food is a process of birr and of separating the good from the bad, 
davening is also a time of the same kind of a process. Davening, the person is making himself food for Hashem. Meaning, davening is also a time. It's only that when we're eating, we're doing it with something outside of us. In davening, we're doing the same process like eating, but we're doing it with, with, with ourselves. So just like we mentioned earlier, just like the food has klipa and, and kedusha in it, and you have to get the spark out of it, so to the human being. His body and his, and his, his animal soul. And then there is the neshama that's hidden within it. And, and you wake up in the morning, it's a mixture. 95, 99% is, is unholy. And inside it, the hidden thing, 90% of his consciousness, I don't mean that 90% of the person, but 90% of the consciousness, the inner feelings, is now you wake up, you know of yourself, you know of Hashem, you know of your own desires and wants. Now, what you have to do by davening is you have to sift it out, you have to go find your neshama and expand your godly consciousness and reject the, the I mean, what's your day going to be like? Well, what's my day going to be? Is my day over here to serve me or my day to serve the Ebersh? It can be decided by davening. The person will daven like a manager and will take the time to meditate and, and to, reach a, 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 to reach clarity. That's the point. By davening, it to reach clarity. That there is no such a thing as There's a, a world without... And the, 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 the truth of, of everything is the Ebersh. And the world is death, empty, nothing. Only God is real. And you reach that point and, you'll, and the whole day is really going to follow that. Spend most of your day, Torah and Mitzvahs, or whatever you need in your Gashmi sticky things, you're going to do them half heartedly, and your excitement is going to be in the way it's supposed to be. So then the person has done a bitter. He pushed away, rejected the Shmutz, the Klippa, and brought out the goodness. So davening, that's the weekday davening, where we fight with the darkness of our, of our as he says. It's also in a state, Davening is also called eating. As remember, we said many times that it says in the Shira Shirim, I ate my forest. Is that it, there's, a person is, that uh, the, when we say Yoytzer that's Hashem's providing Hashem with a forest to eat. Im is a Kriyashema, it's a time of Kriyashema. Levar and Nefesh it's a time when we work on refining the animal soul. Maha Midas Rois, from its nasty Midas. Vahara Nifrad, and the Ra gets separated. And gets rejected and pushed outside. Like we say by Here's the thing. We say by uh, Forgive us. We say We say It's an amazing thing. He's, he's referring to something we once learned to Dominic, we ask for forgiveness. But why do we ask for forgiveness at the conclusion of davening? You should say right in the beginning, before you start, you ask forgiveness for your Averis. And then you start getting closer to Hashem. First he cleans him. person is going to come to a king and in front of the king he's going to go take a shower. He's going to pick himself and start scrubbing. You don't do that. Clean yourself in your house and then you'll come to the palace dressed like a man. So in davening, it should be the same thing. You start off at the beginning, get rid of your Averis, and then later you'll come closer. And then, so why do we wait till Slachlan, the highest point of davening, and over there we're going to say Slachlan? And the answer is, of course, for the Garaba Averis, for the real thick and coarse sins that a person has done, he shouldn't open a siddur before he takes care of that. Sit down, do tshuva. That's why Tikkim Chatzais was made, and people would wake up early and cry for their whatever. Purify and scrub yourself clean before you're going to go daven before the Melech Malchem Lach. 
Here he's talking about something else. You're not slach one who's not only forbidden. There are certain subtle subtleties in a person's character. Certain things where you don't even realize it's bad. So what? So I like cheesecake. This is lechmi now. Or what? It's not all bad. Shkamavera. A person feels comfortable. Like, I'm good. I'm a good Jew. It's only after that you dive in. Come to a strong and powerful awareness of Hashem. I'm a How Hashem is everything, and there's no Matthias besides that. Right? And then you then you start realizing and look at me. Look how much time I'm busy thinking about myself. Look how much, and that itself becomes so despicable and disgusting. You say, Ugh! how can I stand in front of an all-encompassing God and this and be such a and parade in front of Him with such an ego, with such a look at my mitzvahs that was full of full of self, and I want to. People to notice me, and I want to put everything is for attention. Everything is for, and look. Suddenly, the person becomes aware of his of his uh, that he would never be aware of had he not done. The marshal he gives over there is that when you take gold out, you don't see the shmutz. You put it in the fire, and that's when it starts melting. You start seeing all the shmutz. Davening is the fire. You heat up the fire during the whole davening until you get the shmaya answer. Until you start seeing that. Ugh, and then when you get to that point, you've discovered it out. And, you, and, the, and then, then you reject it. Slachlan was, ich, I don't want this. And you know, it's an amazing thing. When you're clapping, it's like you have, you're knocking off chunks. The clap is taking, is knocking off pieces of the, of the shmutz. Ashamnu, bagadnu, gazalnu. It's, it's a clap tavek. See, the subtleties, and, 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 knock, and, 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 and cleaning it. And then the shama comes out pure. And the next day, I do it again. Whatever, it goes deeper and deeper and deeper until you get out of all the schmutz, which falls off as a result of that. So you see that what? The davening is the same process, like eating. Eating, you're pushing away and you're taking the mitzvahs. Same thing in the davening. You get rid of all the chazarai of the person, of the, of the uh, inside of him. So as he says, the closer a person comes to Hashem, who then he senses more how far he is. Because of the Ra that's in him. And the Ra gets separated from him. And the Psalis falls away. That's the, that's the, the davening of the weekday. Having in the weekday is not up to clapping the, the, the whatever. Our feel of the Shabbos is a whole different value. So the, the weekday davening is supposed to involve elements of bitterness. Tshuva, bitterness. Shabbos davening is supposed to be a pleasurable davening. It's not a time of pain, it's a time of intense joy and delight. Our feel of the Shabbos, we begin a simcha of the It's a joy and a pleasure. Kamoy az tisane, then you will be in the mo'ine in the Shabbos. It's a rest. The Yismachu Yisrael Bekatshe Shemechla Yidden will rejoice with you, those who sanctify your name. Kamoi Pchenas Achila De Shabbos, just like the eating of Shabbos. She'ein Ebederech Bitter Apsilus. It's not in a manner of of refining the Apsilus. Kach Yohan Achila De Man. Ah, so based on this, this was all a marshal. This idea of the of the eating, the example, the eating of Shabbos and the eating uh, and the davening of Shabbos will serve as an example of what the eating of the man was like. And it's also the same kind of a thing. There was no psalis. Basically, in our regular eating, here's the nekuda. In our regular eating, 
the person stands above the food and he's doing something, lifting out the, 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 the shmutz, pushing away the dog. Shabbos eating the food stands above the person. The person is, and the person is just a recipient. The food is giving kedusha into the person. By the weekday also, you're lifting something from below, thereby putting it back to its source, and then it's shining down. True. But the ikr inyan of eating in the weekday is the person lifting up. Shabbos, the person is... And davening is also the same thing. The person is dealing with his garbage and getting rid of it. Shabbos, he's just standing, and Hashem's light is glowing upon the mission. Similar to that, he says, the man. The food of the man was a godly transmission to the person. There was nothing to... We weren't lifting. We were just absorbing... That's why it was connected to causing a walking in the Torah. Remember earlier we spoke about the journeying in the Torah. The only way we can draw down the infinite light into the Torah is we first reach out and yearn for the Ein Eating man brought us, stimulated within the person the yearning for the answer. Why? I don't have to explain that. for behold, there is three. There is three, oh, I'm going to make a little, 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 little tiny introduction. And that is as follows. That lechem in aretz and lechem in ashamayim, is called bread. Torah is called bread. Huh? Yeah. I'll just make it a little, a little higher. So Torah is called, Torah is called bread. Now, um, just like bread, we find with lechem in aretz and lechem in ashamayim, bread from earth and bread from heaven. So too, in the Torah, there's two parts of the Torah. There is the revealed part of the Torah, called the body of the Torah, the more earthier part of the Torah. And there is the panemius of Torah, as the Zayar calls it, Nishmasa Dairaisa, the Nisham of the Torah. And so the man, which was bread from heaven, is, is, represents uh, the Nisham of the Torah, the secrets of the Torah, the esoteric part. Like we're learning Thursday nights, that's when we come. This is when we eat man. You know, it'd be nice to go around and tell people in the city that we eat man. Every Thursday night of the week. But Kine, it says like this. Tlas Dargin, it says that there is three things that are connected. Three Dargin. There's Yisrael, Vairais, and Vakuchabiru. There's Torah, Yidin, and Asher. Vakulon, Sasan, Begalia. And all of them have a hidden and a revealed. That means that in the, that in the, that in the, Yisrael, Sasan, Begalia, by Yidin, there is the inner part of the Yidin, Shama, the revealed part of the Yidin, Shama. The Torah has the concealed part of the Torah and the revealed part of the Torah. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Hashem, there's also the revealed and the hidden. Yisrael Sas and Vigalia, what is the hidden and the revealed by Yidin? There's two levels in the Nisham. And what is this? I think it's supposed to be Ha'echad. I think the Yud is... Uh, I think the Yud is really supposed to be, because he doesn't know what it is in the bottom. I think the Yud was supposed to be the Shtrechele. And it's like the Ha'echad, one of them is Chitzainiyas HaNesham, is the external part of the Nesham. Ha'amulubesha is Beguf, the 
part of the neshama that is invested in the body, uh, that part of the neshama is called um, the the, uh, the the part of the neshama that is invested in the body is called chetzanius on the neshama. Nikra galia. That's the galitic part of the neshama. Shavai dasa, which its avoda is levarer akuf and hashibahamis. The main Indian about this part of our neshama is to deal with the body. He's going to explain something like this. Our soul has two parts to it. Our soul came into this body. Hashem sent our neshama into this world, as we said earlier, to purify the world. Now, to purify the world begins with what? To purify the body, to purify yourself. So you've got to deal with it. So there is that part of your soul that gets its hands, that gets its hands dirty, that's, that, that gets its hands soiled, muddy, because it deals with the body. It's the outer consciousness of the person, where we experience the duality. In other words, we feel our body urges, we feel the body craving, and the and the and the desires and the mishagas of the body. And the, the, on the other hand, our neshama communicates what its counter feelings, and the two wrestle. It's the fight. The We're constantly in this battle. Where there is the 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 the, 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 the wrestling, the the tug of war, this way and that way. So this this part of the neshama is to argue with the body, and hopefully it prevails and it wins. But even as it argues, when you argue, when you're wrestling, imagine when someone wrestles with someone that's muddy, someone all muddy, and someone wrestles with. When you get you get muddy too. It's impossible. If you someone is dirty, if you wrestle with, call a misnavel imenuvel manavel misnavel. So if you're getting so this part of the neshama gets affected by it. But then there is an inner, inner chamber in the soul. There's a deeper dimension in the soul. The part of the neshama that remains pure and uninvolved and disengaged from the whole battle. And that's why we know that in every single Jew, even the people who nebuch their, their, their animal souls and their, and their body has so, so overpowered them and they have no more godly consciousness, and swamped out any feeling of Kedusha from them. That means that their Nishama has been so overtaken by the Klipa, by the unholiness. Even they have a Pintaliyid, have a place in them that's sacred and holy and what? Because there's that part of the Nishama that doesn't get involved, that remains secluded. It's the Kaidash HaKadoshim, it's a holy place. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's Indian. What's the Indian of this part of the Nishama? Not to deal with the outside, but to receive to the light and the Abishna. That's its in us to Sanagalasha. They say so these are the two the higher parts of the Shama, lower part of the Shama. So and Shama is the part of us that we have access in the weekdays. We said earlier, what's the point of the weekday? The, the whole Indian of the weekday is that Hashem plunges us into the darkness. The world the weekday world is a world of klipa. And Hashem puts us in the world to wrestle with the darkness. So which part of our neshama is active? Are we, do we have access that we work with? Is the chetzayni yasa neshama. neshama is called Yaakov. A Jew has two names, Yaakov and Yisrael. Because the first, Yaakov Avinu, two names, Yaakov and Yisrael. The word Yaakov means Yud Ekev. The Yud, the Yud is godliness, the neshama. Ekev comes into what? The yud comes into akev, comes into the heel. There's a body is called the heel. The heel is tough. There's any part of the body that doesn't have any, that is not sensitive, that is thick. Yeah? Dafka the heel because the heel has to 
Especially if a person walks a lot barefoot, it gets tough skin. So the, bo- the body is tough. It's not, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel godly. Feel, feel. So the heel is, so the yud, the nishama, the yid comes into the ache. Then there's another name to every Jew. A Jew is called Yisrael. Yisrael means two words. Li roish to me ahead. The Ebershter says, you're my head. Shaman on a very exalted level. Or Sar Kale. So the, so the, the Yisrael element of the Neshama is the part of the Neshama that doesn't, doesn't get dirty. In the weekdays, we're called Yaakov. On Shabbos, we're called Yisrael. As we said earlier, in the weekdays, we go into the world to deal with it, to fight with the darkness. Shabbos, Hashem says, leave the world alone. Come in. Come back to me. Come into the palace. Let's enjoy me and you together. That's why, why do we say Amat Shabbos? One of the Zemiris. Let you guess this one. The Zemir is Matzah Shabbos. Altira Avdi Yaakov. Don't be afraid, my servant Yaakov. Why do we sing that? The Zemir is why? Because the Jew is terrified, Matzah Shabbos. He enjoyed Shabbos. He was so close. He was in the palace. He was enjoying the intimacy, the closeness with Hashem. Comes Matzah Shabbos. We, we, I'm not afraid. Because generally it's scary. Because we're taking the plunge. We're getting back into the Shmutz. So the Jew is afraid to go. Hashem says, don't be afraid. I'm coming with you. Why Yaakov? Because on, 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 you're going back to being a Yaakov here. And Yaakov has to fight with love and Arami. He has to fight with Esau. He has to deal with all the garbage of the world. So Hashem says, don't be afraid, Yaakov. But that's the chitzanis of the neshama, the part that gets into the, deals and fights with the, with the, the panemius of the neshama, the inner part of the neshama, the Yisrael part, the inner Jew, that's only, that we only experience on Shabbos. So now, ki yesh beiz b'chines b'neshama, echad is chitzanis of the neshama, l'beshet v'guf, nikregalia, the reveal. It has to fight with the body. to break the body. It's also called an Eved. Yidin are called Banim. Im Kibanim. Im Kavodim. Avodim is the outer part of the Neshama. It's called Avodim. Servants. And the inner part of the Neshama is a Ben. It's a child. It's intrinsically connected. When do we have to be an Eved? What did the Pasuk say? Sheishes yomim six days. Tavoy, you're going to serve as an eved. Bepchenas avoida, it's an avoida. Umochama, and it's a war. Shas sloisa, the time of. We said, where does the main war take place? By davening, and the davening of Shabbos, the weekday davening, the, the weekday davening is going out to battle. Shas sloisa, shas krava. It's a time of war. It's a time in the, of of battle. Ulaoyim aloyim, and there is a fight going on. You know, it's, it's, can imagine if we were daven that way. It would be like a battlefield. You hear gunfire and shooting and this and explosions. It's a war zone. It says that Hashem doesn't see in any inequity in Yaakov. That there is, Hashem doesn't look at the inequity, but there is an oven. Why? Because the part of this part of the neshama gets soiled. You'd ache. But the concealed part of the neshama, Nikri Yisrael, that's called Yisrael, Lee Roish, to me ahead. 
Yisrael alu b'machshava. Yisrael arouses in Hashem's thought. It doesn't come into the world of Dibur. Dibur is the world. Is where the son of Mamar is where the, this is a, this connected to Hashem's thoughts. And this is even now our Hashem is still connected to that level, the inner part of the Hashem. This is the part of the Neshama called the Makif of the Neshama. The part that doesn't come in, a, it's not the, what do you mean Makif? Makif means it's an encompassing dimension of the soul. It's not, it's not uh, the conscious part of the Neshama. It's Makif, it's hovering above. It's the root of the Neshama. Now what do we know, what do we get on Shabbos? Shabbos, we get Neshama Yaseida. What does it mean Neshama Yaseida? Neshama Yaseida means your own Neshama the part of your neshama that generally hovers above you, not, you're not conscious of it. Shabbos, you rise up to the neshama you say that to the to the to the of the neshama to your own powers of makif of your neshama. That's the neshama you say. Shabbos dafka On Shabbos, it shines in every year, sheer kale, and we sing to Hashem on Shabbos. That's also Yisrael, yeah, another way. which is a pleasure. Of godliness. It's a pleasure. is also hinted to. It says that in the base Amigdash, it's referring actually to the third base Amigdash. Talking about it says about Yecheskel, the Nevul of the third. It says that the, the Shara Chatzar is Yesagur, that the inner courtyard is going to be closed the whole week. It's one of the, it's one of the gates in the base Amigdash that's closed. Shabbos that's open. What does that mean? That the, the courtyard, the pnimis, that goes to the Pnei Amelech, that goes all the way into Hashem's, uh, we don't access it during the week at Shat. And only on Shabbos we have access to such godliness. The hidden, and it also means our own Hashem has a gate, a place that's locked during the week. And it shines in a revealed way. From the Makif state, it's shining into the person. So this is, in the Jew, the Chitzayinius and the Pneumius. And by the Torah, yes, Gam and the Gaul. The Torah also has the same two dimensions. There's a part of the Torah that comes to deal with the world. Like, the revealed part of the Torah, the Gemara is dealing with the world. This is kosher, this is treif, this is karna. It's dealing with the arguments of people. It's dealing with the, the Alma de Shikra, with the lies of the world. The nigla, the nigla of the Torah, lechem. It's called bread. But what kind of bread is that? Lechem in the arutz. Kamoshe kasev lechu lachmu belachmi. Go fight for my bread, or eat my bread and my bread. The nikra chita. It's also called chita, wheat. The word chita, wheat, because what is bread made out of? Wheat. The word chita is ches tes hey. Ches is eight. Tes is not. It's twenty-two. These are the twenty-two letters of the Torah. But that's the reveal part of the Torah. The 22 letters of the Torah, that comes to refine, comes to deal with. That's the outer part of the Torah. Then there's Vesasim, and there's the hidden, the inner dimension of the Torah. The secrets of the Torah, like it says, Torah is compared to bread, but Torah is also compared to honey and milk. The Vash Vechala of Tachas Lashaynecha, Chazal say, that that's referring to the secret parts of the Torah that you're not supposed to publicize them, you're supposed to keep them under your tongue. Besides, the Arizal says that our days is coming to the side. Before Mashiach comes, that this has to be revealed to the masses. Dvash v'cholov, mesukim as we say, the Torah is sweeter than honey. And that is also, that's the idea of it being that the Pneumius that is masuk. Yeah. 
It's like the sweetness of Shabbos, we said, where it's pleasure. It's parallel. Just like in the Neshama, there's the part of the Neshama which Indian is just a delight. There's the part of the Neshama that has to deal with the, with, the, with, the, with the darkness of the world, and that's where there is bitterness and pain. So the same thing in the Torah also. There's, and that's why Chazal also say about a certain Tana that they didn't leave over a Dover cotton with a Dover God. Chazal say, what is a Dover cotton? Small thing than any big thing that he didn't learn. What's a Dover cotton? Dover cotton is Havai is Dabai Verov. It's called Dover cotton. The, the questions of Abai Verov. Which is most of the bulk of the Gemara is Abayah Veravit. What is Davar Gadol Maiser Markavit? Is the Maiser Markavit. Davar Katna Vayah is the Bayah Veravit. Galia, that's the revealed part of the Torah. The Davar Gadol Maiser Markavit, Maiser Markavit. Sassim the conceal. Elechein, and therefore, Hamon Shanikra Lecham and Ashamayim, the man that was called heavenly bread. Nemar boy, what does it say by the man? What did it taste like? It tasted like honey. Because like wafers and honey, this was the inner, the hidden part of the Torah. It is for that reason, through the eating of the man, which is the sweetness and the taste of the Torah, which is the inner part of the Torah. Here's the thing. By eating this food, eating by, by, by the Yidin alert eight man, which the Indian of the man was, that this was the hidden part of the Torah, what did it do to them? It evoked in them their sasim, their most deepest inner recesses of their heart. The parts of the Neshambas that generally to us is only re- revealed on Shabbos, they had that all week because they had man, which is a Shabbos thing of food. It, uh, it evoked in them the hidden. The Yisrael lead roish, the Yisrael element of the Neshama. This gave them the power of Hiluch. What do we say? What was Hiluch? Hiluch is the yearning to touch the infinite up there and draw down. The two types of going. And that's why it says by the man, that the man was looked like a seed of coriander seed. Love and it was white. Now it says in Rashi that the coriander really is not is not white. So Rashi says the coriander seed is round. The mun was round, and, and th- that's why it was compared to the coriander seed. And it was uh, love on white. So these two things indicate this. First of all, here's the thing: the fact that it's white. He doesn't say that here, but I can imagine it's shaykhne. The whiteness represents the colorlessness. The colorlessness. The colorlessness of it, representing the idea that we're dealing with something that is still in a very abstract state. See, the part of the Torah that deals with the world is entering into the creation. The creation is very fixed and defined. And it's, it's the, 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 it has a particular color. The colors represent already Hagabala limitations. But the color, when something is white, representing the, its, its loftiness, it being predetermined, predefined. Okay, that's number one. Secondly, Rashi says it's round. Why? Because it's connected to the Oremakif. It's an encompassing light that doesn't hasn't entered yet in a primi. And the roundness represents the makif. It's seed kizera gad. Chazal say, what does it say? Kizera gad. What is the seed of God? Amru the Medish says, 
שהוא בחינס הגודש המשכס ליבוי של אדם. Now what is Kazer Agad is referring to the Agadeta. Agadeta are the stories in the Gemara, the, the parts of the Medrash part. They draw the person's heart. And that's why it's called Zera Gad. Gad Meloshen Agada. What do you have for me? So you see clearly from the Medrash that it's saying that Dama Neshaich to the Agada Shebetaira. What is that Agada Shebetaira? Agada Shebetaira, that's the Panini Satayra. Because one thing like this, the, the, when you learn Gemara, you can learn the Lambdas, you can learn. It makes sense. But when you stop getting into the Agadis and the Gemara, the Gemara tells stories that if you don't get into, if you don't learn them based on, a, on, a, on the spiritual meaning, if you don't read the inner interpretations of them, they're, they're really absurd. Things that make no sense. Can kvetcha here, can kvetcha here, and they don't make any sense. Because it's clear that, that those parts of the Gemara, see the, see the Torah is beskalalus. Everything is beskalalus. So there has to be some in Yanam of, of Sasan in the Nigla, and some in Yanam of Nigla in Sasan. Because in, in, in Kedusha, everything is integrated one with each other. That's why in Gemara, which Be'ikr is the Nigla, there is the Yanam of this, this from pay, or every couple of Dafim, there is a page or so of Agadita, which is the introduction of the Sasan, of the hidden part of it. And sometimes in the Zayar, and in the place of this, there's also in Yanam of Allah and so forth, which are the interchange of it to come across. But by the man, it says that Kizer Agad, because the man was the Agada. Moshe Kosov, as it says, by Yaakov, it says also by Yaakov. No, it's like, Veroiv, hold the page, the line before. Veroiv say the Satayra Genuzimba, and most of the secrets of the Torah are hidden in the Agadata. Moshe Kosov, it also says by Yaakov, us who gather together, Vagida Lachem, and I will tell you. So he says over there, gather together, and I will Vagida Lachem. So the Targum says, "Milim de Chachmasa." I will tell you words of wisdom. Why? Because the Agadita, the Agida Lachem, he's referring to. I'm going to reveal to you secrets. Shalosh and Agadim and Emezes al Pnimi Esatayr. V'Nikra Aman Zer Agad. And that's why it's called the seed of God of the Agada. Elachay Nikra Lachem Abirim. That's why it was also called Lachem Abirim. Kamoi, like it says, Shimu Elai Abire Leiv. The pasuk says, "Listen to me, the." The mighty of the heart. That are far from staka. What does it mean? Simply, far from staka seems like a bad thing. He says, no, it's a good thing. That all the people, the whole world is, is, is being nurtured and, and, and nourished through tzedakah. Hashem is being kind to them. But these are talking about such special people that they are nizaynim, they're being, they're being fed bizroya by, with, with the man, with their arm. Meaning they can claim they, they've earned it. So you see that Abide, we're talking about, again, I'm not, I didn't get a chance to look this up where, where the Gemara says this. The Nikra took for the Liba. But Akoponim, he's just referring to this, seemingly, I'm not I'm getting, I didn't, is Kamar Abir Yaakov took for, it says the Misham Roya Evan Yisrael, Midei Avir Yaakov, Misham Roya Avir Yaakov, the Targum says, took for. means like this, that, that, that Lechem Abir, and we're talking about the, the inner part of the Neshama, that's called the strong, solid. The man is shaykh to this, to this uh, lechem. It's the food that nurtures the abirim, the, 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 the mighty element of the soul, the tuk for the nishmasa, the inner part of the nishama. And it's pnimius, the pnimius of the nishama. Chachma bina, the chachma bina, b'midah shalamay lamaseich, with midas that are higher than intellect. Saga and grasp. 
and get into this now, but just quick, is that the, the avoided of, of the weekday and the avoided in Chetzanias and Hashem is all based on Seichel, which means the, 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 the way a person knows Hashem and his Chetzanias and Hashem is you know, learning, meditating, and understanding is through Seichel. And the Midas that are born, the excitement that is born, see, in order to fight your Nefesh of Bahamas, the animal soul is very feisty and robust and get him, and, and he has his his has his brand, his geschmack, his fire, his passion. The, the the godly soul, in order to fight him, has to also create counter emotions, intense feelings. But those are feelings are again are going to be in the chetzanis and neshama that fight with the deal with the world. As we said earlier only the Yaakov element of the neshama deals with the world. So it needs to create, but it needs to strengthen its emotions. How does it develop its emotions? Through the through the moichim. Studies it learns, meditates, and through that it transmits and creates these emotions, and these emotions counter and wrestle with the unholy emotions. Very good. However, Shabbos, however, is a whole different thing. Shabbos, we the, 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 suddenly the inner neshama opens up. The part of the neshama that doesn't have to know Hashem through intellectual reasons and understanding it knows Hashem intrinsically because it experiences God. It experiences with beyond all reason, like the difference between a friend, where a person is a friend with someone based on understanding each other's qualities, or a child. A child is drawn after the parent with an essential bond, not with any... That's the idea he explains. We once learned a long mimer in Parshas Vayakil. Uh, Amazing. Well, this, a lot of the yana that we spoke about here, about the difference between Shabbos and the week and the davening and the Shara Chatzar Apnimis and the Neshama Yisera, he talks about over there in Torah. And over there, he explains that the, the experience of the Neshama Yaseira is that a person experiences a love of Hashem it's like an insanity it's like a person going crazy it's a madness it's a madness of love because it's not on this, it's not working through reason reason is because of any kind of reasoning has its limitations it's the Neshama's bleak vul fire to Hashem the Ur Makifim the Makif so that's what we're learning over here is is um this elements are being fed. That's why it's called abirim, strong. This is being fed by the man because the man was food for the abirim. He says, It's a simple will, which is emanating from the essence of the godly soul. That's why it's also called man. Man means a food. But man also comes from the word lashem chelek, a portion. Why? Hashem menos chelki. Hashem is menos chalki. He is my lot, my portion. The kaisi and my and my kais at the time of karali, you support me. Shalamayla madas vaseich is higher than 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 knowledge and higher than seich. Rak pchinas chelik avaya amar. Oh, the union of chelik and our neshama. When yidna called chalki, we spoke about this. Oh, shreinu matayt chalkenu in the parshas pinchas. But over there, the, the, uh, we spoke about three dagas in a relationship with Hashem. But the union of Chelek is representing a... See, there we were talking the difference of Chelek and Goyro. But Chelek is more lower than Goyro. But here he seems to be putting the Chelek together with Goyro. The fact that Yidin are connected to Hashem is on a level and higher than reason. Chelek Hashem Amrit. This is his portion. This is his Goyro. 
that's that's the thing. Here's the thing. So it comes out an amazing thing. If you're having Yiddishkeit, if it's if what you're if if what you're experiencing is Yiddishkeit, then it has to be new every single day. And if not, then it's not Yiddishkeit, because Yiddishkeit is God, and God is new every day. Meaning, not He is new every day. He is, but His entrance into the into the it's in. It's 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 not it's not it's not dictated by time. Every day from time, Hoyokeli was a Kaili, Legilui Vashposamon, Hadoshan Labakarim, Numon every day. Milamaila Mahazman Legamra from a place from beyond time. Lechem Betoiragam came of Orchem Noisein Atoira. That's why by Torah we also make the Brochem Noisein Atoira, indicating that Hashem is giving it, Hashem is giving every day. It seems like this this Indian is only possible if you learn Pneumius Atayra. Without learning Pneumius Atayra, it's impossible for the Torah not to get Fadelkit. It's only through Pneumius Atayra that Pneumius Anasham is awakened. Pneumius Anasham yearns for the Ain Sayyid, and from the Ain Sayyid, you go beyond time. Every day is a new Hashem. So there is the Atta, and now. This is, this is going to go very quickly. Let's quickly finish this. So now we understand what the man is. We'll also understand why we began the Maimah right at the beginning. It says, by the man Hashem said, I inflicted you and I gave you to eat the man. I starved you and I gave you to eat the man. Why is this called an affliction? This seems to be the highest thing. Why is this an affliction? So he explains. And he says, Why was the 40 years of the Midbar? We say, That Yemois HaMashiach is going to be 40 years. We began the Mimer. Why? Because you should delight us and make us rejoice like the days that you inflicted us. When were we inflicted? When we ate the man, we were inflicted. What kind of infliction is that? Based on what we learned now. So he explains. The Medrash says like this, a person eats food, if it, it isn't, you can't compare a person who eats and sees the food to a person who eats and he doesn't see the food. Just like there is a pleasure and a, and a chayas in the taste of the food, there is a gishmak in seeing the food. When you see food in front of your eyes. That's what it says. From here we see that, that blind people blind people are never full. Because part of what satiates the person is you see what you eat. And when you don't see the food that you're eating, if you're blindfolded, it's just not fulfilling. And you're still hungry. Because there's something in the person that has not been fulfilled because he can't see it. They don't see the mohus of the food. Raktami, only the taste. This is why physically by the man. There was something frustrating about the man. Even though they were able to imagine everything they were to imagine, a sour pickle, and they did everything they can imagine. But besides five tastes, kishuyin, cucumbers, and whatever, but everything else they were able to, to taste. So why? But still, they didn't see it. Everything looked the same. It was the same bland uh, thing. They didn't see the essence of it. Only the taste. Not its substance. 
That's why it's considered an affliction. There was pain to it. The opposite of pleasure. Because they couldn't see it. And similar, we'll understand with the root of a man, lecham and hashamayim, food from heaven. Shu'inyan sasim da'iraisit, the concealed element of the Torah, panimiyas ha'tayra. Now that we're taking this and applying it to panimiyas ha'tayra, shenikra davagadal, it's called such a great thing, legavagal yishab ha'tayra, compared to the revealed part of the Torah, nikra davagadal, that's called a small thing. Kamavur la'mayla, afa pikein, yesh mayla yaseira benigla ha'tayra. There is something fulfilling when you're learning nigla, the revealed Torah, shemal, that, that the, the, the hidden Torah doesn't have. There's something about learning the meat and potatoes of the Torah that you don't get when you're learning the honey and the milk. Shemalubish binyanam gashmi. It's enclosed in physical things. Kamoi the elu kshedas, the elu traders. These are kosher, these are traders. Shaseichel shal adam masig muhusadavar. The intellect of the person comprehends the very substance of the thing. You know this is an esrog. This is this is this is this cow is a dark cow. This is kosher. When it's like this, you know what you're talking about. Betuv tam vedas in a very very clear way. Eichu kosher ubeemes not true. But here's the thing: Do you really know the substance of it? The substance of what you're learning is God. You don't know that. The real substance of it is veistachnish because the real substance is kosher. However, Hashem condensed His wisdom so much. It came down into something so tangible that you can mamish literally process it in your brain and know what literally. So here's the thing: while you're learning the malach of Sher Shenagach Hasapara or Shnai Meichsem Betalus, two people holding on a talus and they're arguing about it. While the person is learning that halacha, he knows what a talus is and he knows what it means two people fighting about it. At that moment, his mind has completely conceived the idea. As he completely conceives the idea. He has completely conceived godliness, mamish into his being, because he understands it fully. This is really the Abishna's wisdom. And the Torah is beyond the world, which means a person really can never comprehend God's wisdom. But nevertheless, the Yarda it descended. It enclosed itself in physical things. But they say, Yuchal Seichala Adam Lasiga. That a person should be able to grasp it. And when he's learning the Torah, he's grasping the essence of the Abish. Even though he doesn't know the inner dimension. It doesn't make a difference. Because in it is Hashem's very Torah, Like it says about the Torah. Like it says about the Torah. Like it says. Like it says about the Torah, like they said, the Marshal Hakadmoini. Who is the Marshal Hakadmoini? The Kashe. That, that the 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 the, the, the is called the Marshal, the ancient, the ancient Marshal. Why is the Torah called the ancient Marshal? Because it's an it's a Marshal for the ancient one. It's a marshal. The Torah is an analogy, a marshal for the ancient one. Why is it an ancient one? The ancient one is Hashem. Hashem Himself is called the ancient one. Why? The creation can't. We can't say ancient because the creation had a beginning. Only the Abishter Himself 
Can we say the ancient one? Now, there's no way anybody can comprehend the ancient one because we're all finite and Hashem is infinite and a finite entity can't comprehend infinite things. Nervous then. What did Hashem do? Just like when a person has a very deep thought and he tries to transmit it to someone else and they can't get it. So he has to take that deep thought and he has to put it into a mushroom. What does it mean? He has to put it into something that's... He has to bring it into the world of the recipient. The world of the macabre. He has to bring it into that person's... Where he has to speak about things that the person knows. So as we mentioned so many times, when a teacher wants to teach math, a child doesn't know what numbers mean. Two plus two, what is that? It doesn't mean anything to him. Two is nothing. What's two? But if you take the two and you put it into two uh, peanuts or two uh, uh, candy bars, two is this, oh, that's something. This and this, two. So he took the, invested it into it. And now he understands. So to Hashem took his, his very self and he put it into ideas and concepts that we can understand. Like, as we said earlier, the ox courting the, 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 the cow or the two shnayimers and the talus. And when you understand this, and here's the thing, just when, when, the, when the child think, understands what two plus, that the two candies and the other two candies are for, he somehow, he, he understood there is some, some aspect of the, two plus, of the abstract idea of 2 plus 2 equals 4 that is in his mind. Even though he doesn't manage fully get it yet. But still, something of it is there. Has entered into his mind. Because it, it was contained in that mashal. When you understand the mashal, you'll also understand the nimshal. Which is the kadmoyne shalolam, which is Hashem. Chochma hakaduma, which is the ancient wisdom. Like a mashal, so this is compared to like when a person eats food, he sees the food that he's eating. He sees he's eating kugel. He knows what the kugel is. He can see it. Not only does he sense it, but he's seeing it. So this is only when you're learning what? Nigla the Torah. He's learning that. He knows. When he's learning sasim the we're talking over here, Shema. Shem Samach Gimel, the Oyer Makif, the Oyer Pnimi, this light, and all this, the subject that we spoke about before, is very incredible, I think. We can understand it. You could understand, we understand it, but you don't, even after you understand it, you're not really, because we're physical brains. We don't know, we have no idea what it means. We, are, we have no true sense of what uh, a, a true spiritual entity is. It's out of our scope. So our besosim their eyes, but the sosim their eyes, you which we said that's called lechem in Ashamayim. The nigla of the Torah is called lechem in Aretz, but the sosim their eyes is called mazen, mazen hamon, which is mon. He only grasps only the mitzius of it. but not its essence. So even though it's very delightful, there's a certain gishmak that you have it's incredible delight when you learn the penimius Torah. The, the, the la- but there's something lacking in the, the fact that we can't see these things. So it's like by the man, they ate the man, they tasted every taste in the world, but they couldn't see it. That's why they remained hungry. And vayancha, there was infliction. Vayancha, vayarivecha, vayachilcha esaman. You were inflicted, you were starving. Even though it tasted like wafers and honey. The mesikas, the tamayatayr, and the sweetness of this. He doesn't have any ability to be able to masig and grasp the essence of these, of the, the substance of these, of these supernal things. About the Aifanim, the Srafim, 
and the Shrofim, or Markavet and the lower chariot, or Markavet Yilah and the higher chariot. Like Mitziyusam, only their Mitziyas. He could speak about it, describe them. But not knowing, it's very, the Mohus seeing what it is. Just like you can't explain to a blind man colors. You can't, it just doesn't have the Kalim. Our physical brains can't understand the uh, nikra. That's why it's called vayamcha. I have inflicted you. Like the difference between chachamim and levim. It says like this. It says chacham adif minavi. Chacham is better than minavi. On the other hand, there's something to say about nevuah. What's the difference between nevuah and when someone had a prophecy? They saw, they perceived godliness in a manner where they would see. Like a person sees something physical, they were able to tap it. The Kasha Zazik says in Tanya, amazing, interesting thing, that um, he brings over there that Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu, the father of all Nevi'im, they come Navi Oid Kamoshe, right? No one like a Navi like Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevuah was on the level of the Oir of Atzilus, the light of Atzilus, as it was Mislabish in the world of Bria. That's where Moshe's Nebuah was. And even there, from which, from, I don't remember now, which, only from the Netzach HaYisayim, only from the lower three attributes of Atzilus. And over there, and that was, and even that, not in its pure state, only after it was Mislabish Bebriah. So he asked the question over there, Darizal himself, Darshans, in Kizve Arizal. Entire, entire Drushin, way, way above Atzilus. He's speaking in Kesser, and in Oilum Ain Soif, Higher and higher in the Pratsufim of Adam Kadman and Atik Yoimim, way, 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 way above Atsilas. Moshe Rabbeinu as Nevuah is only where in the lower, in the lower elements of Netzach Yisoy, as it already is Mislabish and lower. And how is the Arizal and other Mukubalim speaking in places so much higher? So he explains exactly this point. There's a chilik of Ria. Nevuah means to see it, that your mamish see the substance of it. And Chacham means you're massing about it. It's not, it's not that you don't understand it, but you don't know what it is. You can speak, you can define it and speak about it, but not, not to have it. Shachacham adat menavi, in that he can go higher. Shumasig bidvarim al yoinim yoiser mahanavi. He can go even higher in his asagin or in the navi. Achurak pa asagis hametzias is only grasping the metzias of it. Veloy bepchenes rias ria, but not seeing the mohus. It's seeing it. Everybody according to his level in the Each one has a mile, each one has an advantage. So similar to that, we understand the difference between the nigla, the revealed part of the Torah, that is revealed to us and our children. It's completely revealed. And between the grasping of the secrets of the Torah, Pnimius on the Pnimius. Basagis Amatsias, we can speak about it. Betuv Tam, it can be very with a sweet. Umisikis Hatayra, and the sweetness of the Torah. Achloi Bidias Mohus. And that's like the man. The man had every taste in the world, but it was lacking the fulfillment of being able to. Ubakoza Yuvangam Kemashanema Baman, Baman Hoidiyacha. But the man that also says like this, we said this today, and I mean, it's this week's Pasha. Hashem gave us to eat the man, the man of the Yacha, to notify us. That it's not upon bread alone that man lives. That a person lives on that, the utterance of Hashem's mouth. So he says like this. 
That from the man you will see, the man is teaching you a lesson. What is it teaching you? That you don't live only on bread, you're living on moitzah pi Hashem, on what comes out of Hashem's mouth. Two explanations. Pidish the simple meaning is that the man notify us that it's not on physical bread that man lives. Or as we mentioned earlier, when it says you know, a man doesn't live on bread, but he lives on the moitzah Hashem. It means according to the Arizal. It means the moitzapi Hashem that's in the macho. That in every food there is a spark. And when a person is living, you're not living on the physical substance of the food. You're living on the, on the godly nourishment that's in the food. That on that spark of Hashem that's in that food that you're taking it. How, how do you know that? How do we know that our life is coming from, the, from something spiritual? We don't see it. Where do we see that, that our life? So you say, say, hold it. Take a look at the month. When you were in the Midbar, Jews lived on mud. How did our physical bodies live on mud? Mud didn't have much of a physical substance. Mud was so edel. The mud, on the one hand, it had some physical appearance, as the Pasik describes what it looked like. But its physicality was so subtle and so, so, just enough for ha- to have some, some achiz in this world. The moment they ate it, they put it in their mouth, it, it, it evaporated into its, it, yeah, it, 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 like cotton candy. It totally went back to its, uh, it, so as he says, so, so how do people live? How do they physically live? So you see that what? That when you're being nourished from the man, you're seeing that what? That it's the, it's the godly, it's the spiritual energy that's in it that's giving you the, the, food, the, 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 the life. And from there you can derive that even when you're eating lechem, it's not the gashmiyas of it, but it's the, the, uh, they don't put it on the calories, on the uh, thing, when they put what's in the food, they don't write that. Mm-hmm. That in every spot, every food, there is a nitzitz kedush, a liki. That is enlivening the person. Even though you only see the physical element of the food. You don't see any spiritual spark. Nevertheless, is the spiritual element of the food. And this knowledge, we got this from the man, which was spiritual, that was absorbed in the 248 limbs, they didn't even know what it was. The sun heated up, it, it completely disintegrated. He didn't have any physical stuff. They lived from this bread for 40 years. This is a proof. also from bread from the earth. The main chayas is from the, the word of Hashem that's in the food. I'll explain the right here. That's one pittish in Now he's going to take the same, same idea but apply it to bread, not in the sense of physical bread and man being bread, man, but to nigla the Torah and, 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 and the hidden part of the Torah. Because we said earlier that, 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 that the Torah is called bread. Now in bread itself, there is the, the body of the Torah and the spiritual. As he says, the gam pidish al 
is based. Shahaman who kezera God lovon. The Talmud it's a pichas bedvash like we spoke earlier. The God means hagada agadata. It's a pichas bedvash as the Gemara says that vash v'chol of tachas l'shaynechod. These are the sisrei tayra, the secrets of the tayra. Nesikas pnimius atayra, the sweetness of the pnimius atayra. So there gam ken apidish. Laman hoidi yachol that the mon comes to tell you. Because here's the thing. Oh, here's the when a person learns Gemara and a person learns Mishnayis and all these, the, 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 it's very, very dangerous. Because a person can think that, wow, that, that's it. The, the only thing that's there is what I see. What you see is what you get. It's the pirish, the gashmis of it, the physical element of it, that's the whole thing. The Gemara is really only dealing with what these two people got into a fight and they come and that's it. There's nothing mystical to it. That's all the pirish. That's enough. So we're saying no. That from one of, from the Panimius Atayra, a person realizes that even in the Nigla and all those stories and all, every story or every argument and every halacha in the has a neshama to it, has a soul. And the real spiritual nisham nourishment that you're getting is not from the is not from the from the lumdis that you're saying from the pshat. The real thing is, is from that which you're not seeing that's in it that's going into your neshama, the vitamins and the nutrients of those godly ideas that are being absorbed in your neshama while you're learning. So if so, someone will say, if I understand, if I understand the Taisus really well, if I understand the Rajma. The Iker is that, that in it is a Pazdu Kedusha. No, 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 no. Because his thing is like this. In order to get nourishment from food, you have to properly digest it. And to digest it means you have to assimilate it. What is digestion? The food, we once learned the Maimon, we learned a few weeks ago, we were learning about when you don't bake the bread well, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't get assimilated, it gets stuck in your stomach. But Afu Esenashim, 10 women are going to bake their bread in one oven, and we spoke about that. So it, in order for food, digestion means that the food stops being food. It enters into you. So here's the thing. The reason why you have to learn, and that, the whole reason why the Eidrishter brought the Torah down so low, and not one of the reasons, not the whole reason, but one of the reasons, into its little gosh mystical form, is so that we should be, be able to completely assimilate. Because when you're learning Panimiya Satayra, when you're learning the, the, the elements, on the one hand, there's, you recognize the godliness of it much more, but on the other hand, it's not becoming so much part of you because you don't really fully grasp it. You don't fully understand it. In order for an idea to become fully one with the person, you have to thoroughly understand it. And to thoroughly understand something is when you, you have to know the substance of what you're talking about. You have to know the subject matter. You know you're talking about wood. You know you're talking about. You know you're talking about shame ma and shame dam and shame and these things and shraf and the chayes You don't know what the substance is. So you, even if you're learning it, you're not fully absorbing it. So the the so it depends. So the in terms of the absorption in the person and, and his processing it, and that's the mila that it has. Now, but but here's the thing. Not the pshat of the nigla shabbatayr agashmas levada yichya adam benafshelikis that your nefeshelikis will come alive. The neshama doesn't come alive just from the physical element of it, like Chazal say. All I have is tayra. Is a filatayra only. Even the tayra he doesn't have. It's the lakus, the get lakite that's in every halacha, that's in every letter of the tayra, the godliness that. The part that you don't understand and you don't see, that's what your main nourishment is. 
This is where the Nisham is coming alive from the Yichayachayim, from the fountain, the head of life, the Ein Seifer. HaMelubish B'tayr, who is invested in the Torah HaNiglas Lanav, Ulebaneinu, that is revealed, that, that is invested in the revealed Torah that is revealed to us and to our children. The Abish is learning with him, transmitting godly light into his neshama while he's learning. Like it says, that the Abish 